0: Wardcast, episode 102. Let's go.
1: Woo. <laughs> just,
0: just, just, uh, you're really underselling it there, Dan. <gasps> <Woo. laughs> oh, God. Look at that waveform. Look at that waveform. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna.
2: I'm gonna not do that. Gonna
0: not woo. <laughs> yeah. No one
2: but, woo. One not woo. You. You guys wooed enough for me.
0: We got. We got average out. a Woo and a half. Uh. <laughs> per, yeah. About one point six woos. Sure. Welcome to the Word Podcast, where you average one woo and a half. <laughs> I'm Dylan Alvento, and I'm joined by Daniel Q. Cotting. Q. Q. <laughs>
3: what, what, what uh? What's the Q stand for? Uh, quasar. Ah, that that is my middle name. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you pointed that out to the world. Your parents are real nerds. <laughs> yeah, super
0: duper nerds. I mean, I, I don't know. Your Equifax information's already all out there, so it's not like you have to. That's that's true. Who cares about privacy anymore? That's true. That's the truth. I'm also joined by Justin Mitchell. Correct. Hello. 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 How are you? I'm good. That's good. I'm good. Well, let's just jump right into it. Food minute. Okay. What have you been cooking? Dan, welcome to the food minute. Welcome uh, to the food minute. Here's the food minute intro sound. All right. Uh, welcome to the food minute.
2: Um so <laughs> on the topic of eggs as usual. Okay, we're back um, to eggs. Eggs are wonderful. My my mom brought me some um plants in planters. And so I You don't grow eggs. Justin, no, just, no, 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 just no. gonna spoil the, this for you. Yeah.
3: You're not doing it right, Bill. Be- veggie <laughs> ruin the mystery. Veggie
2: based <laughs> eggs
1: not
0: only don't exist but are bad um (laughs) fact but (laughs) but um i mean does it the first statement kind of like negate in like the second one like just out out of hand but it's still important
2: okay it's it's important to know the vegetable-based eggs are bad okay um so yeah so mom mom brought me some plants so i had a a fresh grown um green pepper that i cut up and then sauteed with some red onion and then i pulled off a sprig of um sage and dice that up. Most incredible eggs, absolutely amazing. Yeah,
3: I do love sage and eggs. Fresh sage, fresh sage. Yeah, yeah, fresh yeah. sage. Fresh, fresh sage in eggs is delicious. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm usually a dill and eggs person. Oh, but I like I'm, that too. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a. You're like listing all the herbs. Like I cannot like really
3: taste well. Oh, mm. uh,
2: if I made you dill and eggs or sage and eggs, you could
3: tell the difference. Well, if you made any it's, eggs for him, it would be dill and eggs.
2: Oh, super
0: accurate. It's
3: so.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. there's uh, only like a couple words in like common knowledge that pun well with my name the dill dillard's dill pickles yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> um
2: uh it is pumpkin season we are officially in pumpkin season <laughs>
3: yeah we are i'm very yeah, excited everywhere. Pumpkin, everywhere pumpkin everywhere
2: Oh, I I had one before they came out. There was a. Um, How'd oh,
3: you get like a black market? Uh, no, Focus but Weiss. so all of the <laughs> some dude jumps out from an alley with like a coat. He's like, "Hey, man, you want to <laughs> try some <laughs> it's He's not just in. like <laughs> swinging from inside the coat, <laughs> spilling everywhere. Oh my god! Um, no, uh,
2: all the Starbucks get the ingredients for them like a week or two ahead of time, and so if you go to a Starbucks, you can ask for it. It's just not on the menu. So, like, I went into the Target Starbucks and I was like, "I've hey. heard that you can make me." thing that i want and she was like i can and you got, <laughs> and then you got that they, psl they made it for me it had like no label they didn't announce it or anything because it would have been like a mad dash. people i flocking was in to target it. for all for god's sake like it would have been a stampede
3: the home of pumpkin spice it it is justin was
0: the one in the black trench coat just like (laughs) hey you got that that (laughs) so i I proceeded to buy 20 of them and then sold them to everyone at target um i i have heard i drank
2: them all myself right i've heard good things about pumpkin spice oreos or not oreos uh well i've heard good things about those but pumpkin spice cheerios Mm. uh are not something that i have tried so i'm gonna i'm gonna hunt
3: those down i think pumpkin spice toothpaste
2: um i haven't <laughs> the, the memes haven't started yet but uh there's the always there's always memes that go out of like uh like auto body shops that have like their billboard and it says we have pumpkin spice motor oil
3: and delicious
0: yeah way better than regular motor. it's oil. way better for P- your pump, car pumpkin spice season is like the second april fools now oh of, absolutely of the no, year. i was
3: actually reading something the other day that someone was making the argument that it is now more basic to make fun of pumpkin spice than it is to actually enjoy pumpkin spice, <laughs> which the whole, the concept of basic quote unquote, whatever, that's stupid. But I just thought it was hilarious that people are like, it's actually worse to make fun of pumpkin spice now than it is to actually like pumpkin you know, spice. It's a
0: lot of, in a lot of cases, like yeah. there, there's, there's the, the enjoyment of the thing yep. and then there's the mockery of the enjoyment of the thing and then there's the mockery of the mockery of the enjoyment of the thing and just becomes like rote enjoyment again.
3: Yeah. So yeah.
0: You just never win. Just I'm, a, your, just I'm a big fan life.
3: of pumpkin spiced pie. It's really delicious. Yeah. yeah. It's like That's it's like, OG. It's like where I'm at with my pumpkin and my spice. And, I mean, yeah. You know. Pum- pumpkin pie delicious. is No, pumpkin spice pie. Right. Please. Please. Pie.
2: pumpkin
0: pie is pumpkin spice pie. There it is. Boom. I if pumpkin spice pie was a separate thing, I imagine it'd be like a uh, like a apple pie but just but, like but with it spice like, pipe, yeah, like pumpkin. Yeah. Well, has,
2: I would say it would like probably be it. more like a custard pie. That okay. just has pumpkin pie spice in it. Yep. So pumpkin yep. pie spice doesn't obviously include pumpkin. Yep. It's, it's cinnamon, cinnamon nutmeg, spice. cloves, and garlic. No. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, someone only, at home <laughs> writing only down the it's... ingredients like and garlic. <laughs> that's what it's, I was missing. That's what Starbucks secret is. <laughs> only if it's a savory dish. You can garlic and pumpkin go really well
3: no, together. No, it's it's funny actually that you bring this up, right? Because I I actually I'm one of these people. I'm a big beer guy. I've brewed a bunch. Same. I like drinking. Same. Um, but I'm a big, I am actually a fan of pumpkin beer, but I am very cautious because if there's too much spice, I don't like it. But I love actual like pumpkin beer. Right. And so um, I always kind of ask and people kind of give me a weird look. Uh, and I'm like, is this more pumpkin spice or more pumpkin? <laughs> um, and a lot of like, drink
2: the beer. <laughs> yeah. A lot of pumpkin beers. Are way too heavy-handed on cinnamon and nutmeg. Too
3: much, way too much. Um,
2: Pumpkin Hunter, in my opinion, I like it, but only if I'm like doing manual labor. Like if I go and like Mm -hmm. rake the entire yard, Pumpkin Hunter has a lot of hops in it. Um, uh, Devil's Backbone.
3: Okay, okay, yeah, the Devil's Backbone one. Yeah,
2: it's 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 spicy, but it has a lot of hops. Um, so if you need to be, uh, like high level refreshed it's it's really good but i i I like a chill pumpkin beer i like uh pumpkin i used to love but now for me it has too much spice it's too much for me um but the williamsburg ale works pumpkin
0: is absolutely fantastic
3: yeah i'll have to check that one out welcome to our spinoff podcast talking about microbreweries the the beer uh pumpkin flavored beer hello (laughs) beer minute wait pumpkin who makes pumpkin 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 is southern tier that's right um, so I actually had the other day. I had the uh, Hardywood pumpkin beer, and I forget what they call it. Farmhouse pumpkin. Farmhouse pumpkin, and I I liked it because I think I don't you know, really know all these things. Anyway. You are like the uh, the encyclopedia of pumpkin flavored beer. This is great. Um, it it given that they're using a Belgian yeast strain, it brings some of that spiciness in just from the brew process. And right. so it's not an overly spicy beer, but it really lends itself. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Motherfucking nerds in this goddamn house. That was <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. I'm glad someone enjoys beer. Do you not enjoy beer? I don't like beer. Because people, well, it's just, I don't know. I have a weird. I'm not one of those people that when I got older, I liked bitter stuff. Yeah. I still hate bitter tasting stuff. Yeah, I'm the same way. But
3: like, but I think beer is super bitter. Um, Mm, So it actually, all beer, it it might actually be. Do you like uh, Brussels sprouts? Yes. You do? Okay. Never mind. Because there's a certain, there are certain. Apparently, there's like a genetic predisposition to dislike or like finding extreme bitterness in the alpha acids and hops. That kind of correlates to uh, some other things. So, like my mother always thought she was just like, "Oh, I just really don't like beer, and I don't like Brussels sprouts, and I don't like broccoli." Or no, she likes broccoli. There's one other. I forget what the Broccoli's other thing is kind of sweet or neutral flavor. Yeah, too. but it's some one other really bitter thing, and it turns out that they're all it's all the same kind of chemical compound mm-hmm. that like you can be predisposed. Apparently, George Bush Senior also has this thing.
0: I feel like. Um I don't know I might have some form of that because I any form of alcohol I just because I don't I don't like get mixers or you know I don't like sugary stuff like I yep. I, I I like sweet stuff like I love sweet and savory and salty stuff but I purposely try to avoid that just for yeah. <laughs> health conscientiousness. Um So then beer is just like you're like oh it's it's a chocolate gingerbread blah 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 I'm like this is just beer like and they all kind of taste like they have that bitteriness like do, do you have any
2: do you have any like drink or culinary things that you have developed uh, a palate for? Like, are you a coffee guy? I don't like coffee. Uh, okay. I did
0: drink a coffee um, when I went down to Virginia Beach. Um, there's this really good smoothie place called Fruitive. That's apparently franchising out and I'm super excited because it's like a really good, I mean, it's like super like kippy high priced kind yeah, of smoothie yeah. but it's all like, oh, you want a dragon fruit smoothie? Okay, here's like a shit ton of dragon fruit in it and it's going to taste awesome or like we're going to use all natural, like a large amount of ingredients and that's why it's going to be a $20 smoothie. Um, but they have like pre mixed like ones that you just buy in like jars in the place, and one of them's a coffee, um, and it's kind of like those frappuccino ones at, at Starbucks, but obviously not as like caloric. Mm-hmm. It's just brewed coffee, and then I think like dates, like pureed dates mm. in it or uh. something, and it tastes really good. And I like I like, I like the flavor of coffee. I can't drink black coffee, but I'm not gonna oh. drink coffee with sugar, um, okay? Because I'm trying. I I, I don't yeah. eat additional sugars. Yeah. Um. Also wear a black uh, coffee house because Wendy drinks coffee.
3: Straight black. Me too.
2: Uh, yeah, I can't do it. Light and sweet, all mm. the way. Sweet <laughs> cream. Add some almond milk. Put some cinnamon. Yeah, yeah. I whipped cream. Buck, buck that coffee right up. <laughs> We're um, <talking> spice. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun fact: Starbucks frappuccinos are not frappuccinos. If you order them and you get the like frozen blended drink, that's frappuccino. But the bottled ones are lattes.
0: Okay, that makes sense because of the mixture in it. Yep. So we need that oatmeal poster. That like, goes into the history of coffee and talks about all yeah, the different at work composition. Oh, it was there when I worked there. Yeah, there yeah. You go because <laughs> <laughs> they have. I need this poster. And then it's also at eight o four. Poster. Um, I don't like the oatmeal, but that's that's a different conversation. <laughs> uh, I like the oatmeal's content. I do not like its art. Okay, that's, that's uh, fair. Yeah, that's totally fine. I
3: I like the art, but I can I can see why people wouldn't. Um, but uh, God, where where are we?
2: All right, let's it, let's talk about the food the and video elephant. games. <laughs> in the room okay let's talk about that's a bad way to talk about my weight no justin I- i'm really <laughs> he just said he's not eating sugar like i'm he's, trying to he's slim working down. on it come on um, let's talk about PewDiePie. Let's talk about PewDiePie. That's, that's, that's first and foremost.
3: First off, a yeah. little
0: education. Dan, are you familiar with this debacle? The, I've,
3: re- I've seen some headlines and I've read like brief blurbs okay. enough to kind of know what's going on. Do you know, you know who PewDiePie is? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Right. And All I, right. and I'm, I'm, I heard he used the N word over Firewatch, right? And then no, uh, it wasn't no. actually Firewatch. So, so here, okay. so yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah so, so, okay. enlighten me because right. I, I, I saw some headlines. So but. PewDiePie, uh,
0: five, 50 million followers on YouTube or whatever. Um, also an asshole. Hired people, hired people in like India over Fiverr uh, a couple months ago to hold up a sign that says "Death to all Jews" on one of his videos as like
3: for shock value, right? Yep, so, I, heard, I remember hearing about so that. That
0: was that, and that's when uh, Maker, who's owned by Disney, pulled their contract with him. YouTube Red pulled their contract for his uh, original series, Scare PewDiePie. Interesting. So he kind of went. I didn't know about those parts. Yeah, he kind of yeah. went uh, dark for a little bit, and then he. I guess he's been streaming more on Twitch. Maybe I don't know. Um, but this other thing that happened, so he was streaming on Twitch, he was playing Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. He wasn't playing Firewatch, but the Firewatch thing kind of leads in. So this is a this is a a multi-step story. It's a it's a fascinating. It's a triptych of chaos. It's um That would only be three parts. So it is three parts. And I'll explain the three parts. Don't worry. Okay, fair. Um but so the first part here is him, he's playing Player Unknowns Battleground. And uh He's shooting, he's, he's fighting a guy on the bridge, and the guy's shooting at him. And he, and he says, What a fucking N word. Yeah. And then immediately, like, he pauses for a second and he says, I mean, what a fucking asshole. As if to equivocate those two words, the N word and asshole. Uh, hmm, yeah. Right. Not a.
2: I, I, I guess I could see him trying to uh, backpedal to To find a different word, right?
0: But but then, but the fact that that was his go-to word, right? Especially yeah. after everything that happened before with the yeah, correct anti semite stuff, um, and also like when the when the Charlottesville rally happened, he came out and did a video. says, "I do not support these people," et cetera, et Because cetera, people were like, "Oh, look, bunch of PewDiePie fans over in Charlottesville," and he like came out and made a statement about that. And then he does this, right? Um, so obviously wh- horrific thing. Obviously, no justification for it. Actually, it was really weird because people were coming out on Twitter and stuff and saying like, what's the big deal? I do that with my friends. It's not yeah, that big there, a deal. There's, there was a lot of backlash
2: on the, the the thought process behind you
0: shouldn't do that no matter where you are. And people are like, but that happens all the time. And then it's like you are thinking other people are just as racist as you are. Or just as used as vile language like you do. Yeah. Like, this is not an okay thing. I don't care if you go into a Call of Duty match and you see people doing it. It's still fucked up. I see it in PUBG, not all the time, but I see it once in a while. Yeah. When I accidentally have my full game uh,
3: voice chat unmuted because I automatically mute that shit. So, yeah, it's one of the reasons that I don't do a lot of multiplayer is just... Yeah, I don't, I just I don't play games online. I just not stand listening to other people... Talk to other people. Like we're all here to have fun, and people are just Shit terrible. Is. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's a protection I, I of
2: anonymity.
0: I just can't do it. And I mean, obviously, part of it is they have racist tendencies, and probably also is there's a there's a portion of just like free reign, like you know. Well, yeah. I mean, a they're libertarian invincible. utopia. I can do and say and whatever I want, and there's no repercussions for it
3: because there's I'm protected by my anonymity. Yeah, they're
2: they're they're invincible behind the keyboard. Yeah, that's that's what it
3: is. So. And I think there's something to be said. So, like, so PewDiePie is he's like what Scandinavian of some? Yes, he's, he's yeah. I'm I'm not sure Dutch or no. He's he's he's
0: either Finnish or Swedish or Norwegian. He's, yeah. he's, okay. of could, he's, he's Actual. F- he's Swedish. Okay. Yeah,
3: I think he's Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like how you reference to the map. That's yeah, actual, actual map the map. That's up. Actually, up. he's pointing up on for those listening. Yeah. And and so when I first <laughs> saw it, like when I just first saw the headlines, I'm like, okay, I I. Do not nor would I ever condone using that language. it drives me insane, but maybe there's an element of cultural sensitivity where it's like you don't understand just how uh bad that word is like the the culture but then but then it gets back to the argument of someone of his stature, someone of his international notoriety, yeah, there i think is a cultural responsibility or a um there is a there's a cultural norm that I think is now expected, given that the globalization is so real and the world is shrinking because of the the speed at which we communicate. Yeah. That anyone who has that international status and that that type of voice has an inherent I think there's a an expected inherent responsibility where they need to be aware of something that yeah. monumentally yeah. important. So
0: either he or one of his supporters said that said like hey like maybe in that part of europe it's not that big of a deal and then someone else who is a citizen of the same country pewdiepie said came out and said no we are we know very well about the history of this term and not yeah. to use it like this yeah this argument's bullshit yeah so i think that section of it the first part of the triptych is is obviously it's horrific and but i also don't think it's we should spend much time on it not because it's not worth our time to examine the the racism that ex- and the prejudices that exist in gaming but i think the things that came i think our responses are all going to be the same is that this is racist yep this is a shitty thing to do yep and pewdiepie isn't worth giving the benefit of the doubt because it's not like this is some one-off event it's not like he's been doing this for years and there's been like no yeah, he's not. Prior to offenses.
3: Not, this is not a role model for your child, right. sort of thing.
0: Yeah. It's in, in, and it's, but it also this isn't like the first occurrence of it. Exactly. Right. So it's yeah. not like right. we shouldn't be having these discussions of whether or not PewDiePie is like actually apologetic or actually like maybe, is he racist? Is he not racist? Doesn't matter. Like, because he has, through his examples and through his actions, he's already shown us his true colors.
3: Yeah. So. So what's the second part? So let's get into that. Right.
0: So the second part is, um, Oh, well, the last thing I want to address about the first part is that, so Ian Miles Chong, Chong, uh, are you familiar know. with him? I talked about him uh, on episode 100 because he, uh, I refer to him as, like, the shitty games critic who, like, works for, like, Breitbart. He actually used to write for Heat Street. So he's alt-writer, um, games critic. Yep. Uh, has to comment on how everything's, like, a social justice warrior Oh, yeah, shit. of course. He came out about this is like, I don't know why everyone's making such a big deal about uh, PewDiePie saying the N-word. It's like it was a heated gaming moment, and yeah. that phrase heating gaming moment" became became like the lightning huge. rod for yeah. this entire thing. And it again, goes back to it was like regular people don't just just shout racial epithets when they get angry. Like that's not a normal thing to do. Yeah, in two thousand seventeen, you can't hide behind that.
3: Correct. So, so
0: but so that was so that was also like in the mix there. Um, second part. I don't know how. F- soon after it was actually sean vanneman that i saw do it first before i heard about any of the pewdiepie stuff but like either the same day or like 12 hours afterwards um sean vanneman writer on firewatch one of the founders of campo santo yeah came out and said uh we're filing a dmca takedown of the firewatch video that pewdiepie did which has around five million views it's on like YouTube, 5.7 has a lot about. of views um and he said we're gonna take this down because he, his actions, we don't want to be associated with that. And it's fully within our rights. So the second part of this story is basically fair use. Yep. It's yeah. people it's it's Sean Vanneman taking a stand and saying, I don't want to be associated with PewDiePie. We're gonna we're asking him to take our video down, which is completely within our rights. Um and you t- well, we're gonna ask YouTube to do it. And so what happens in that is that they ask YouTube to say, hey, PewDiePie has done a DMCA violation by using our content without a permission. Uh, we want you to take the video down. So what Google then does is that they go to that video, they take it down, and they give PewDiePie a strike. And content creators on YouTube get three strikes before they're banned permanently from the, uh, the, the site and i think there's some other limitations like on your first ban i think you can't do some or upload videos for like 24 hours i don't know there's some there's mm-hmm. some variations to the first second third strike um so the reason that's a big deal is because content creators on youtube that make content revolved around video games and are on shaky ground with the content they make cuz technically it's a copyright violation yeah and this is something right. that hasn't been addressed yet in games and right. Sean Vanaman kind of just kicked this thing off into high gear. So, so I so there was kind of like a, a couple different stances on it. One is like Sean Vanaman should do what he believes is right and not associate himself with PewDiePie. Another stance was like Sean Vanaman should come out against this, but doing a DMCA uh, takedown is like the nuclear option and it doesn't benefit anyone. And then there's people like shouldn't do that at all, like. This is shitty. You know, PewDiePie is more famous than you. You should be thanking PewDiePie for directing all this traffic and potential sales of your game from that video. Like,
2: yeah, well, and and Sean even tweeted, like, have we made money off of, you know, his content? Probably. And that's something that we need to think about. Yeah. Like, that's something that we need to assess. My first reaction to this was, first and foremost, definitely support, like, clipping assholes at the knees. <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better term. Right. Uh, if you know, if they're gonna go on the internet and just spew hate speech and, and shit like that. Um but my original reaction was, um, this, you know, this this does fall under fair use. And I I was talking to my roommate about it, and my roommate brought up the very valid point of for it to be fair use, there has to be uh, a significant amount of added content, whether yeah. it's training or design review or um, you know, uh, parody or or anything like that that actually does fall under fair use, and correct, and and yeah, and then having this discussion with my roommate, I was like, "You are super right." Like all, yeah, this is just a video of him playing it
3: and like yelling at stuff. Yeah, but I've got a. Uh, I have very strong feelings about this. Actually, um, copyright copyright protection is something that I got really into um, when I started getting really heavily into my photography and it's one of those things that in this digital age i think there is this people think that they own things that they do not own right um people think that they are entitled to do things with things that they have access to simply because they have access to them um and there are a lot of people listening to this who are like whatever man i should just be able to have access to whatever i want to have access to but you don't because you didn't make that Capcom Santo made Firewatch. That is their game. You do not buy that game. You buy access to that game. Right. And you by buying it are granting um you are entering a contract with Camposanto Santo where they are saying you can use this game under our we are granting you the rights yes, to use this game. Basically limited access. About that. Yeah. Right. Um and so given that back to the idea of just kind of brand strategy and brand preservation you as a brand, you as a content creator have not only a right, but I argue a responsibility to all the other content creators out there to protect your brand and to protect the content that you have created and what that stands for and what that means to you um, and the value that is assigned to that. So this is this is an argument for me that, yes, it's intrinsically um, uh, something that I believe on a uh, – just kind of like a uh, – Moral, not morals level but um intrinsic level but also something that i believe from a financial standpoint um is one of the things that we owe our community as creators to uh uphold these kinds of things so to me i i think that camposento has every right to say this is our brand this is our ip we made this you are not representing how we want this stuff to be represented therefore you are in the wrong we are able to take this away. And I, I think that they have every right to do that. Now, I understand it gets on some tricky ground because there is a lot of content that is related to this on YouTube that's out there. Um, and certainly for small studios, it's it does become that question that you brought up, right? Yeah. Where is it, do we let this become a thing where it's more important for us to put this out there so we gain notoriety and we gain money and we actually cement ourselves? And that's a hard thing to balance, right? It's- it's it, yeah. But um, I, I, for me, where I stand, I'm I'm strongly in Santo's camp on this one. Oh, I am, yeah. I am, too. I, I am
0: as well. Um, even though, like, if I were to make content, like, I would also be in the in the crosshairs of potential people that would want to take down said content. Um, and it's so so an interesting like thread to this, which people argue because you're right. Like um, Ryan Morrison, um, attorney that works with games a lot yeah. uh, on Twitter, he says this is not fair use. Like making content for th- this is not fair use. Let me be very clear here. And he's very big about talking about fan games. Yep. he's like, fan games are not fair use. You like, and, we, and me and Mike Footer last episode talked about this is that uh, if you make a fan game, the company that owns the IP of whatever fan game you're making doesn't have to sue you right out. They can wait until you start making money or making notoriety. Yeah. And yep. then they can prove that you're profiting from their intellectual property. And then they can probably get recompense from that yeah reparations yep um but in this one so I'm not a lot i'm not i don't think a lot of studios do this but camposanto on their website on their faq i was gonna bring that up they have a passage that says it's can i stream this game can i use it for youtube content etc cetera, etc cetera, and says we grant people um now feel free to use
2: our content for streams etc um do you have it pulled up Uh, I, I don't, I don't. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it says that. And then like, you know, uh, post when you're streaming firewatch and maybe we'll come and like join the stream and hang out and chat with people. They, they basically offered an open invitation to anybody to, um, have fun with the game on stream and, 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 you know, do let's plays and things like that. Right. So
3: so what I do ask though, there is that's, that has, that's interesting. That's really interesting that they say that. But I'm curious to see what's in their end user license agreement. Because yeah. if their end user license agreement doesn't say the exact same thing, then it doesn't matter what they say on their website. Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting that they say that. So people
0: in support of PewDiePie on this instance of, of fair use,
3: they were pointing at that passage and
0: saying, hey, all right, this this makes it okay. And Ryan Morrison and anyone that know, understands fair trade said, "No, it's not. It's still not okay. This is just letting people know that they won't come after you. That doesn't mean they can't." Yeah. yeah, like it's and like you said, they haven't edited, or at least I'm fairly confident. Depending on how Steam like lets people edit the end user license agreement, which I imagine they don't like very right. much at all. Especially someone as relatively small as Campo Santo. They no, you can't like all right and that's the, and that's the stressful situation is that we're on this this tenuous scale between the content creators on YouTube and Twitch and the people that make the games um because technically it's illegal and no one's yep. and and we haven't taken it to a higher court yet and and questioned whether or not it's it's we haven't found out what what the end goal of this is yeah and so but like this occurrence this event has kind of caused pe- that to come in the limelight. And Zoe Quinn was on Twitter and she said, like, if you think this just now is becoming an issue, you haven't been paying attention because this has been bubbling under the surface for years. Absolutely. And this has just been a stressful thing to everyone. So when Sean Vanneman taking this first step and kind of firing the first salvo, which again, we all agree he has the right to do and he should have done to, to stand for what he believes in. It still makes all the other YouTube creators freak out it's like, well, then that's going to... Because Sean Vanneman also said, and I'm going to talk to other game developers. He's, yeah, he's going to try and get
2: other people to pull their stuff so he gets enough strikes to just shut down, Yeah, basically.
3: What I think is funny about it, though, is that by freaking out, the YouTubers are exactly admitting the whole argument for the opposite side. Um, because if you're freaking out, it's because you're recognizing that you are gaining notoriety through other people's content. And so the idea of not having access to that content... The only reason you're freaking out is because you're recognizing that you are gaining value and you are gaining uh growth of your own brand through yeah. someone else's content yeah and i I don't know I just I can't i i I don't know and another and another part of this thread is that
0: it uh, youtubers are losing money currently. Yeah. Because like the advertising rules are changing on YouTube. Yeah.
2: So now it's a it's a lot harder to just get on and do stuff every once in a while and have fun with it. And make money. And and also like have a a presence that shows up for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: also have a livable wage because like now advertisers can be more have have more of a say in what content they want their advertisement to roll across. So they could be like, I don't want to play in front of an M rated game. So like people that are primarily like competitive shooter players, like they're losing all of this this huge revenue stream because they they can't advertise to these people. Um, I also saw it come. There was a uh, a woman that makes um, LGBTQ content, just mm-hmm. about like talking about like relationships and stuff like that, and it was flagged as like inappropriate on the YouTube censor. So then she was blocked from using certain advertisers because of that. She's blocked from using from that kind of revenue, which also ad based revenue like models are kind of dying out sucks well that's
3: like <laughs> with apple announcing that the that chrome is gonna not accept or um chrome that safari is gonna not allow cookies on the new thing all the advertisers are freaking out on, Wait. The, on the new phone oh on the phone on the new phone not not on desktop sorry right. um just on the new on the iphone well, 8 I, and iphone it's not gonna allow cookies ios 11 on ios 11 it's, it's i think it, i think it was it's not gonna default, default restricting to them. cookies um you need to really like know to go in and turn it on yeah. basically
0: so pricing. yeah, but I mean add this new meta tag. <laughs> yeah. No,
3: it's probably more than that, but
0: um, interesting. though they also have their new uh podcast um statistics coming out. So you know you can get more ingrained information um from people that use the podcast app on iPhone. Um that's launching, I think, sometime in the fall. But it's telling you like when people stop listening to a, a podcast, like each episode. It's like huh. people on average are only listening to 30 minutes into your two hour long podcast. And then you're going to take that to advertisers or advertisers are going to ask for that information or like you're going to go to midroll.com. Midroll is going to be like, all right, well, what's like your average like staying power? Like, what's the average amount of minutes people listen to on each one of your podcasts? Yeah. And they're, and going to, it's- they're going to send that data over to the advertisers and so be like, okay, well, we want all these pre-roll ads or we want mid roll ads that only occur in the first 20 minutes. I, roll ads make me instantly
2: stop watching a video. Me too. Get that, if, if get I, that Hulu too. Plus. except except if I'm watching uh no, I mean like basically only on Facebook or, or YouTube. If I'm watching something on Hulu, like that's just TV to me. Come, I it care. comes with the um, territory. But uh but yeah, like if I'm if I'm watching like Taste Made or something on Facebook and they get like halfway through with the recipe just keep is scrolling. And 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 it go and it's like an ad will start soon. I'm like, don't care. Keep, yep. you know, so start scrolling.
3: I've never seen a midroll ad.
2: On oh. Facebook video, oh. Oh, every yeah, single video. Uh-huh.
3: Um, but I think you know. At the same time, I think that's part of the conversation that is happening at the highest levels of the advertising industry of why advertising, the traditional model of advertising, is broken, and brands need to.
0: Yeah, I feel like you'd have a lot to say about this. Day. I, <laughs> I, it's almost like I have a master's
3: degree in advertising. Yeah. Um, Did you go to Brand Center? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I. I think this is this argument is is the perfect argument of why brands need to find different ways to actually represent their brand than simply saying, well, you have content that's desirable, we'll pay you some money to put our product in that content, which yeah. is the traditional model. Yeah. In a, in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Um and to be fair, I think that I think that those brands have a right to say, "Well, let's look at your data. If you don't have people listening or to a podcast or watching a video beyond twenty minutes, we want to be in that first twenty minutes. Otherwise, we're not going to give you our money." I think that's perfectly reasonable yeah, for a brand totally to say. Fair. No, yeah, um, um, yeah. But as 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 a consumer, it's also perfectly reasonable for us to say, "Man." I hate ads. I'm going to go get my content somewhere else. I'm going to go look at something else or watch something else because content is so uh, prolific in this day and age that it's really easy to go watch someone else uh, that, you know, maybe the 3 million view version of someone playing through firewatch and maybe they're not as well known as PewDiePie, but right. So back to that idea of content and advertising and how it relates to games and game streaming, the whole thing is we are at a point where the user, the, the end user, the viewer, the person, the consumer um, has so much more power than they ever used to. And I think that we need to shift the advertising model to reflect that and give people content that they actually want. Give people content they actually want to engage with that can, relates to a brand. So I think KFC is a really good example. Um with the, uh, VR with the VR okay. thing? With the VR thing. Okay. That's where we were going. Yeah. And so obviously anyone who's listened to any of these podcasts that I've been on is aware of my my role as as a VR creator and um, my belief in, in VR. And, and I think that that's a really good example where you're you're actually putting really well thought out it's got great copy it's got great art direction it's got nothing about it is anything other than this is a free game you can download to play with your VR headset and that's great because then it's 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 the kind of thing where Yes, it's an advertisement, but it's also providing value to someone. And I think most people don't feel that pre-roll or mid-roll, or you know, even they're starting to see these five-second spots. It used to be fifteen; now they're five-second spots. Aren't um, aren't adding value? And and sometimes they do. Sometimes they are, right? But more often than not, it doesn't add value.
0: Can I say I would rather have a pre-roll ad on youtube that i can skip after 10 seconds then have a five second pre-roll ad that i can't skip at all hmm. Hmm. i don't know if it's that level of interactivity that or, adds or the to power of i can skip this if i wait long enough yeah or maybe just what they make in the 30 second ad that i can skip 10 seconds into versus yeah. the five second ad i think, it's like here's everything just look at all of it yeah. i think i think the the most annoying
2: uh five second spot that i've seen is for groupon and part of that is like the music and delivery is just so like staccato and and just like weird and and not playing story, but and yet but like
3: we're sitting here on a podcast talking about talking this advertisement about that you saw for Groupon, which means yeah, it, then it gets back to the the real question of like, well, was it successful? I would argue yes, right, because it's
2: disruptive enough to
3: make me yep. think about it after the yeah. fact.
0: But well, um, that's the dark side all, of advertising, all, all publicity yes. is good publicity. Um, or like, have you seen the, we were talking about purple mattresses and stuff. Have you seen the purple ads that are like two minutes long?
3: Like the Sasquatch ones. I, I have seen purple ads. And in fact, this purple pillow ad came up in my Facebook feed Uh and I stopped on it and was watching it and watched like two minutes of this ad and actually clicked through and was like, huh, there's this pillow. Like that was a, it was successful and I didn't even have the sound on and it was an interesting thing. Right. The one with the guy at the sword. He slices uh, yeah it. and like showing the content of different pillows and just kind of it was a good example if, of if, advertising it was advertising that worked if but. you you mason and alex were to make it and like a commercial a, ad, a pillow it, ad. It, would, <laughs> it would it would it would
0: be like that just the delivery of the content because if you yeah. weren't listening to it, him talking but he's just like watch out this is actual science and he takes out the samurai sword he's, yeah. sl- he's like attack attack and then yeah. slices it and he pulls it out he's like look actual garbage i'm like this is this is just like a uh, Dan Mason Alex right? Right,
3: exactly. So, but you know, it worked. It, it hooked me. So, I don't know. Yeah. Advertising. Hooray. Hooray. Yay. We still fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, have, have we gotten to, to point three So, point yeah, three.
0: Point three. Okay. Uh, so, we have PewDiePie, we have Sean Vanneman and Campo Santo requesting a DMC takedown and everyone responding to that. Step three everyone freaks out at Campo Santo and Sean Vanderman. And they retaliate by review bombing Firewatch on Steam. Yeah, wait, I heard about really? That. Yeah,
3: I heard about that.
1: Oh my
2: god! Yep, yep, yep. And like, so I, I will say straight up, as a video game designer and creator, my least favorite part of the entire industry is gamers. If I could, <laughs> if I could make games <laughs> and never have to Just ever them to fucking deal with gamers ever. It would be the most amazing thing ever. Now, granted, <laughs> I also have the power to just be like, "Fuck it, I'll just make whatever I want and put it out there." And if people don't buy it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But like, that's ideally not where I'm trying to aim as as a company. Um, but yeah, like,
1: <laughs> right. So this, I I, so-
2: I end up constantly using the term like, like, or, or the phrase like, "Gamers are stupid," and and a lot of them aren't. But I feel like there's so much of the mass that just has no idea what they want or they think they know what they want and then they get it and they're like this isn't what I want and and they just like shit all over people's ideas or always have something better that they could do.
0: But can I say that's just consumers? No, I,
2: I in know. In general? Well,
3: and and yeah, the but, other but thing this, is these are
2: the consumers I have to deal with.
3: <laughs> I think that's <laughs> true. I think that there's The funny thing about it, right, is that it appears to be a large percentage of gamers, but in reality, it's a small percentage of gamers that has a significantly louder voice. Yeah, it's just a vocal minority. and It's it's
0: all PewDiePie fans, or at least people that align themselves with PewDiePie um, and are angry at Sean Vanneman and are doing it in the only way they can and, and, you know, giving negative reviews to a game that they may. Well, can you review a Steam game if you haven't bought it? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Because I know
3: on Amazon it's like verified purchase. I've never tried to review a game. I've never you reviewed You can review something on Amazon that you have not purchased on Amazon, but yes. it's the difference between verified purchase and not. Right. I've never tried to review something on Steam that I did not own or Because yeah, why would you? I mean, I do own right. like yeah, well, like, I, like, I, I, like I probably they probably do because like if you own a a console version maybe. Like I, I own some Xbox games that I don't have the PC version of. Um, maybe I would want to go on there and review them. Well I don't no, really I lot. see.
0: Why would you want why you would want to review a game. Yeah. But I don't know if why Steam would let who, you. Yeah, I don't
3: know if they would. Um mm. so 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 that's
0: so we're getting even more abstracted from the original genesis of this entire debacle, which is PewDiePie being racist. And it now we're now we have a different kind of person to be mad at which is steam and not kind of handling their review system. You know, there's so many parts of steam that are broken and, and will and Sam have gone into us a lot, you know, the curation yeah. and, and other aspects of, of the platform. But yeah, just like a mass of people being able to come on and just, re, just which, tank the review or tank the score of this game. Right. Which, which by steam algorithms
2: is going to tank the visibility of that game. Right. Um, which and I, that's the
0: issue I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Zoe Quinn also came out about this because, you know, her book just came out. And I think that's also getting kind of review bombed oh. on, on Amazon, of course, because I, it's just a bunch I of mean, yes, sexist of trolls. And I'm
2: and I'm not surprised, but it is stupid.
0: Yeah. Like I'm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that that part just sings. So that's like that so that's like the current place where all this is is Yeah. Just people being pissed off about someone standing up for what they believed in, in the face of This dumb kid who doesn't know any better but to throw racist slurs around. And that's shitty. Yeah. But I'm I'm very curious to see what the fallout, not from, I mean, also the fallout of the Steam review stuff, but also the fallout from the DMCA. Yeah. Well, actually, and that's
3: the really interesting thing, too, right? Because the biggest player there that we didn't even really talk about in that whole thing is Google. Is Google. Yeah. Right. Or Alphabet. Because that, is the weight of a an eight hundred pound gorilla really going to be doing and saying what they want to be doing and saying and having the legal funds to do and say what they want so I think um, I think a lot of this unfortunately is really going to come down to how Google navigates that whole quagmire um, and in general they've been kind of mixed in terms of their they they're generally pretty creator favoring but it's only if it's not at the expense of their viewership and so it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that you could just see the
0: spark kind of just starting where if like EA and then Activision and then Valve and then take Two start filing all these you know blanket DMCA takedowns and then uh who are the big music labels
3: um Oh yeah, well, version. Yeah. Ver- yeah, and, and that and they do like they, they do do that. That's like- that's and that's where this really stems back to right is the 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 music uh industry is definitely if we want to look historically at where this is headed, this is very much Napster and Metallica in the late or the early 2000s and that whole thing. Right. Um and I think what you're going to see is it wouldn't surprise me if you started to see studios having different options for their license agreements and you can pay more to have the ability to stream. Um, but there's probably going to be some language in there that, that says that if you use this product in X, Y, Z way, they have the right to restrict use profanity. Your use or, or yeah. um, but, or they just build that into the, the end user license agreement in the first place. If it's not there already, I mean, that's, but, but at the same time, it's like, well, what if, what if there were a, if I were someone who is, a streamer and that was my thing. What if there were a different subscription package that I could pay for where suddenly I have the ability to play and stream and talk over these things for X amount of month. And then people say, well, why should I have to pay for that? And it's like, well, if I'm a furniture maker, do I have to pay the wood, the lumber yard for the wood that I'm buying? Yes, you do. You have to, you have to buy your raw materials. In this case, if I'm trying to make money as a commentator on gaming, um, I think that I, I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation, uh, to ask someone to pay for the raw materials that is causing them to have the ability to, to make money. Um, but I also know that I'm in the minority on that opinion. But Um, also the question that arises is, all right, what's the price point? And, and and I I don't have the answer to that. If I'm an individual creator
0: and I say, Hey, you know, uh, EA, I want to stream mass effect Andromeda because I hate myself. Um, (laughs) How much do I have to pay you? And they say ten thousand dollars for a license. And it's like, well, I don't fucking have that money. And they're like, all right, well then have a good day. Like But yeah. then but then maybe
3: that's a good thing, right? Maybe but that's it, maybe that curate maybe there's someone who's making 130000 dollars a year. Or, or, Jesus, how much money does PewDiePie make? He means millions, millions. millions of dollars. And I'm not saying he But he wasn't
0: making millions of dollars until, until way after right, the fact. Right. So
3: I'm saying so let's
0: pretend there's a nice version of PewDiePie who isn't a racist scumbag and he wants to start out making his content but he can't because he has to pay this ridiculous licensing fee right to the content holder that's the issue to so
3: the content creator content creator I, uh, and that's what I want to specify when I say creator here I am talking about the creator of the IP not the creator of the commentary um because right. I yes. I think yes. uh I think that's a, an important distinction um yeah no that's a great question Dylan I mean it's it's and then it's like well then you is are there tiers are there is it is it a do you end up paying a licensing fee based on number of views, which then correlates to income? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, but, but the fact that Google and Amazon are going to be the two biggest players, uh, that's going to be what's really driving this conversation, right? Because Amazon owns Twitch and Google owns YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's going to be where these, right. Where this ultimately ends and, up And people decided. are
0: being irrationally mad at Sean Vanneman as if Sean Vanneman's like
3: the, 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 the villain the, in this the situation, the four horsemen of the yeah. apocalypse, where it's like, dude, if it wasn't Sean Vanaman, it'd be any number of people, and that's why I bring up the Napster Metallica thing is that I remember because when Napster first came out, I was the, I was super into Napster, and yeah, uh, but I remember vividly when Metallica came out and they were like, nope, this is a, an issue, people are stealing our stuff, and everyone's like, we're not stealing your stuff, and they were like, no, you are. Uh, and and it was interesting because I was one of the only people I knew who was like, no, actually Metallica's right. And, and I was a musician at the time. And I think I kind of related to that where I was like, man, someday it'd be really nice if someone would pay me for my music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, but I know that that's a really unpopular opinion. And I was always that weird guy in college because that was in high school when that all happened. And then I got to college and, and it was one of those things where I was that, I was that guy where everyone was like, wait, you don't just download music you don't right. just download I never movies. used LimeWire. Um,
0: I, I definitely. I mean I, partially was because fuck I don't know what's in this shit. And I, oh yeah, well, and every single that. file
2: from LimeWire was either like
3: laced with something.
2: porn or would just yeah. tank your computer. And I'm
3: not trying to I'm not I'm not on any high horse I'm not like well I don't steal music blah 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 but it, it was always. I a don't per, emulate I didn't, any game. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't. No but and, we, that's you right. We actually don't. We have, uh, yeah. I don't. We're like the two that don't. And we've talked about this on this podcast before and it's not I'm not judging the people who do um it's just it's a personal moral compass thing for me where i i I just i don't know why but for me it 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 gets at the fact that i know that as a as someone who creates music who who creates um designs and photography and uh you know dabbles in 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 interactive content um it's just i i can't do it because i don't want someone to do it to me but that's that's just me Yeah. yeah i feel you well, I think that's a good place to stop in that conversation.
0: Yeah. Just stop it. Just, just no.
3: no more PewDiePie. No more. <laughs> no, man. Now it for the
2: second now. beer minute. It's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so pumpkin beer. was <laughs> well, right? like PewDiePie's gonna like end up on like fucking Daily Motion or something. Like he's just gonna keep going down the rungs
3: till he's like on fucking like Vivos hosting PewDiePie content now. It's like he's And he's still gonna have people that love what he says and love what he puts out and they're gonna support him and pay him. Um I was having this conversation last night about a, a a different perspective of a different public figure who happens to say whatever comes to his mind whenever he wants and he's got a lot of power and he says things that piss a lot of people off. We we, can, we you can use um, names here if you want. Um uh name rhymes with a rump <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or dump, uh, and 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 <laughs> it ronald was ronald dump you know ronald dump yes it was the conversation about what's going on in richmond right now with um literally they're, currently they're right literally now, happening like right now five, as we're blocks this, from, five blocks from where we're recording this um, you've got people here marching for uh, something they believe in and you've got people who don't believe in what those other people believe in marching against them. Um, but what's interesting is that first group of people who happen to support the person whose name rhymes with rump, um, they, if if conflict ensues, they will blame the other people. If conflict does not ensue, they will say we were right all along. And so it's it's something where no matter what happens, nothing is going to change. And so without... Jumping into the politics of it, back to the PewDiePie thing, he is that type of person. He is that type of person who can say and do what he wants because he is he has people that ascribe to that cult mentality, mm-hmm. and it's never the majority, but you don't need the majority to be very successful and wealthy and profitable, and, and, and that's the danger, See, but the reality. Ronald, Ronald Dump. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that is the, the reality of uh, living in this information age. Where you don't need to appeal to everyone. You only need to appeal to just enough people to be successful. And um, we can argue ad nauseum whether that's a good or a bad thing, uh, but it is the reality. And so PewDiePie is going to be fine, um, for better or worse. Right. I looked up ad nauseum the
2: other day because my scroll Master said it. Ah. It's Latin. It is Latin, (laughs) um, obviously. But... Uh, the the translation is is pretty literal. It's to, arguing something to the point to the point of, of, of being nauseous. nauseous. Yep,
0: yeah. to being in the vomitorium. In yep. the
2: vomitorium, <laughs> that's a real thing. Had vomitorium.
0: Yeah. Do you, Do you know about this, Dan? No. Vomitorium. All right. So I'm either going to completely misremember this, so I'm just gonna look
3: it up. But so in ancient Rome, oh, yeah. they would eat so much food. Uh, and then they would have to purge themselves? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. But
0: I think the vomitorium is actually. Yeah, see. So a vomitorium is a passage situated below or behind a tier of seats in an amphitheater or stadium through which big crowds can exit rapidly at the end of a performance. Um, yeah. So, so there's no vomiting? <laughs> Interpretation of the term. Oh. There's a common misconception that ancient Romans designated spaces called vomitoria for the purpose of actual vomiting as part of a binge and purge cycle.
3: Uh, but it's really just an exit you yeah. can fit lots of people yeah
0: all right but it's funny because that because the binge and purge thing is an actual practice yeah but the vomitorium is an actual and thing they were, they that two are not related they're disassociated good to know yeah so how i was about to I was, know? I was about to be completely misinformed but that was another thing i was going to talk about is about how easy it is to misinform people yes either intentionally or unintentionally yes because i mean we do it all the time on this podcast where it's like oh i i Absolutely. think the classic one i remember is i try to remember the name of the uh, the Worms developers, which is Team 17. Mm-hmm. But the very first podcast I remember with Mason where we were talking about the Worms developers, I called them Mode 7. Ah. And that <laughs> forever sticks in my head as like, someone's going to listen to that and be like, yeah, the developers on <laughs> Worms, Mode 7. And their friends going to be like, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> That's not what yeah? Mode 7 is. Yeah. All right. Um, okay next topic next topic dan you got nine minutes um man time flies when you're having fun when you're when you're talking about beer PewDiePie, pie pie and pumpkin beer yeah uh do you want to go quickly into congratulations dan by the way thank you
3: yeah so i haven't uh been on the podcast much lately and i don't have as much to talk about because uh my wife and i are expecting a baby so i'm gonna be dead thanks um little baby daniel little baby little baby um <laughs> little little Maybe baby. As like i a basketball, as I hold my hands very far apart from one that's another. Like a, that's like a, pork, that's, that's a, like a pork shoulder. <laughs> a, that's, that's <laughs> little, baby. <laughs> little baby. Little baby pork shoulder. Delicious baby. So that's what I've been doing lately is is helping my pregnant wife uh not feel quite so crappy because first trimester. Is, is it, so oh, is it, I feel like is that's starting that's
0: a good thing to spend your time on.
3: Uh yeah. Well, yeah. I don't I know. I mean he could be on the podcast more. I, I could I mean, you know. Just bring Kelly um but needless to say i haven't been playing a ton uh since the last time i was on the podcast which i think was like six weeks ago uh, oh, i was more, more than that it was like eight weeks ago something like that uh i the only game i've played is the same game i started playing right before that podcast witcher. which is witcher 3 no uh, i haven't played it so at that podcast i'd put about 18 hours in i've now put it in about 80 still have not finished the main storyline <laughs> um but i'm getting pretty close uh where are you just um general. so i've finished pretty much everything in uh Novigrad everything in Velen and everything in Skellige and so it's kind of like okay, oh
0: everything in Skellige uh
3: I mean like there are some question marks I still need to go to but I've done I've as far as I know at this point I've done pretty much everything there may be new quests that might open up as I go back after I go back to Velen right um I'm at the point where it's like okay you know that Siri did these things you got to go find her right um so I'm gonna head back to Velen did you did you do the quest in Skellige where you fight the djinn? uh yes on the ship yes in the mountains yes that's a really cool mission It is a really cool mission um the thing i love about this game right now is i've done a lot of side qu- i've done tons of side quests and tons of witcher like that's how i've put 80 hours into a game that i still haven't finished um every side quest every side story every little detail in that game just feels so thought out and it's it's i appreciate it so much it's really great um and
0: I'm, I'm curious how much of that is whole cloth from uh uh, CD Project Red and how much of it is from the author of the books? Because I've never read so, any of the Witcher books. So,
3: interestingly, I started reading the first Witcher book. Um, and a lot of it, a lot of the tone very much stems from that. Mm. Um, the, kind of that, especially Geralt, his uh, his really kind of not antipathy, but his his um, very nonplussed demeanor yeah. uh, comes across in the book in a in a way that you're like, oh yeah, no, this this game feels like they really nailed this character the way that he's written, um, and then of course the actual settings and and feeling. The the cool thing the first book that I'm reading is actually a collection of sort short stories that was written in the '80s. It was the it was the very first The Witcher short story um, it was I think '88, and yeah, uh, got translated into English in 2007 when the when the Witcher game came out. The first Witcher game came out. Um, it is it touches on what if all the fairy tales like Grimm's fairy tales and stuff were real. Right. Um, or even non grim fairy tales like, like Snow White, right. What are like White or were the Jyn are from like Arabian Nights? Was, so right. But yeah. what if, but what if Snow White were really just a small part of this other world, this other universe, and we reference this person and it's really just this, this girl who happens to, she's actually a thief and she lives with these seven, uh, people that are actually affected by dwarfism and it's yeah. just kind of like, but it's not the focus of the story. It's just, you'll hear little mentionings about it in the stories. And I thought that was kind of cool, especially thinking about how this relates to kind of that Eastern European or Central European um, folklore, which is obviously with fantasy, high fantasy, medieval fantasy often focuses on, on England or France and their medieval time. And so yeah. it's cool to me to see this kind of different, um, source material that is relatable and yet feels like it's its own thing, and you do see that in the books, and of course you see that in the right. game. So, which, I really which a lot that. of
0: a lot of those fairy tales, like you know Disney princess fairy tales, are Germanic, yeah, and are from Europe. Eastern yeah. Europe, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, absolutely,
3: yeah. So, uh, so that's really cool. Uh, I, I mean, there's not much I can say about this game that hasn't been said already. It is a phenomenal game. It is one of the greatest games I've played in the last twenty years. Um, oh, wow that's a statement uh, it really is um and mm. to me uh uh everything from the mechanics to the storytelling to um just the level of detail and polish and finesse it's it's a great game so i'm looking forward to finishing it and i can report back once i do finish it which cool. should be hopefully soon but um that's awesome. that's honestly all i've been playing other than some anD i still haven't i still haven't beat it that that happens i
0: I need i need to get back to it i'm i'm so my pile of shame is is sky high right now
3: oh i get that i get that i've got a lot on my plate right now but um it's finishing the witcher is first and then i'm gonna play through resident Mm. evil 7 finally because i haven't done that yet right
0: um real quick uh yes we haven't talked about super nintendo classic since the uh the pre-orders went up and we promptly missed all of them um but uh some news first piece of news NES classics are coming back. I saw that. Yeah. Which fuck them. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I spent $180. I,
2: I think I think they're idiots for for creating you something. You just stop that sentence there. Yeah. Just, okay. I just think they're idiots for yeah. everything okay. they do. Yeah, no, that's that's
0: fair. I'll just leave it to that. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Dan, you haven't gotten your SNES classic yet.
3: Not yet. But it's gonna happen, man.
0: Reggie, his words, his lips to God's ear, said that production will go through next year yep so and since they brought the nas classic back i don't think you should worry your head about I, buying one off a scalper on i eBay. think i'm
3: i think i'm gonna get one uh i i'm feeling pretty confident i'm hopeful fingers crossed um such a great collection of games greatest game system ever made in my book so as, as i've said before we all know this is a big thing for me so i'm i'm gonna get one hell or high water it's coming but, watermelon yeah. beer hell or high watermelon so watermelon beer we talked pumpkin beer let's talk watermelon beer. <laughs> i don't know i
2: don't hey i've never had a watermelon beer and i don't i don't know that i want a watermelon beer it just it's, tastes like beer
3: it's uh i bet it just tastes it's like, not bad so Heller high watermelon by 21st century right um right. or 21st amendment sorry uh <laughs> yeah 21st century beer no, <laughs> yeah they make one amendment <laughs> per 100 years yeah. that's that's no, the 20, rule. 21st amendment um it is uh it's a watermelon half hefeweizen it's not okay. bad um it's not great. I know people who really love it. I'm I'm indifferent on it. Sarah I, really likes it. Yeah. yeah. If someone gave me one, I'd drink it. Uh, we'll put it that way. And there's a lot of fruit beer that that's not. I think not the that's case. called alcoholism, Dan. Uh, <laughs> if someone gave me there, I'd drink
2: seven of them. <laughs> but <laughs> um, have you had the Shock Top Honey Crisp Apple Wheat? I have not. It is the perfect median between a an apple cider and mm. a. I don't know that uh, it might be more of a hefeweizen than a lager, but a, a very crisp light beer nice. with, and it just tastes like Granny Smith apples. Nice. It is. I've probably it, had at least a hundred bottles myself over the last today, ten today of years. this morning. <laughs> it's been a phenomenal morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've also peed a lot. <laughs> oddly enough, well, same it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: um yeah if if you if you manage to to find a sixer that pick it up it is fantastic i will on that
0: note dan i think it's i think it's your time this
3: is where this is where i i bid adieu but it's been a pleasure yeah uh everyone listening thank you and uh princess wave i I, I was doing princess wave for for those of you not paying attention (laughs) um and uh i'll see you guys next time i'm on the cast sounds good cool
0: All right, we're back. All right. Thank you, Dan, for being on the podcast. It's always a pleasure having Dan. I'm glad we got to use intermission music for the first oh, time did, in, like, I forever. I didn't know you had intermission music. It, we've, we never use it
2: because
3: we never do, do an, an intermission. intermission. Yeah,
2: so. nice. Uh, all right, so let's, let's start this off Octopath Traveler. Project Octopath
0: Traveler. So not do you, do you want to talk Project Octopath Traveler, or do you want to talk Nintendo Direct? Which will then naturally lead into Octopath Traveler.
2: Uh, yeah. Let's let's go Nintendo Direct. All right,
0: all right. I wasn't trying to press you one way or the yeah, other. No, no, no,
2: no, no. That's I, it. Covers a little more ground.
0: Okay. So when was the Direct? Thursday? Wednesday?
2: Uh, Wednesday. Okay. Uh, my developer and I uh, had just started a game, uh, a code session on Skype, and Nintendo Direct came on, and we just like totally forgot what we were doing for like the hour that it was going on and we were talking about it
0: it was a pretty nice tight uh, announcement of stuff I did like their their stream their like their list of what was coming right, next because
2: you could see down the line and, and some like, things I don't like, have to pay
0: attention to this one but two two announcements yeah. down
2: I, I I like that a lot Um, I also think uh, it was smart like some of the lines uh, like for Octopath Traveler it was like make your own quest in this RPG but it didn't have an icon uh, so and, like, until, until it got that far right. and i was like oh like okay that might
0: be interesting That's and cool. then it ended up being an traveler the problem was those like it would show like the listing it was almost like um like an airport carousel where it shows like all the flights yeah it's kind of like that kind of thing uh it would but they would show it so quickly that you would just be like, oh wait what was on the all right well never mind yeah i guess we are just watching the next thing yep yep um they might have done that on purpose probably <laughs> So I have this list from NintendoEverything.com. Okay. For all the stuff that was announced. Um, so some of these we can probably yeah. Skip yeah, I'm, over. Not, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go super in depth. Um, and this isn't in an order that they were announced because it starts with Super Mario Odyssey, and Super Mario Odyssey was obviously what they held on to it at the end. Right. Um, I don't know. Super Mario Odyssey. Mario has nipples. Super Mario Odyssey colon Mario has nipples. Yeah. And that's that's it's basically the official subtitle. That's basically. People are, are worried about the canon of nipples in nintendo games because apparently link doesn't have nipples in breath of the wild what really because he's cel-shaded kinda and they don't model any sort of well, so a- areola. i mean, i guess if, if if you dive into the more biological
2: side of things like link's not human well yeah is, is link technically human does link come from a mammal if not <laughs> they wouldn't his have lineage would not have nipples link's a
0: lizard Lizard Link. Linkzard. That's why he's green. Oh. That's why he dons green. Yeah. Yeah. It's his skin. All right, moving on. Yep. Moving uh on. <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Okay, so. Oh God.
2: Um, I'm excited, but I'm also not excited. I, I'm excited, but I don't know how I feel. Uh for the reveal, as soon as it started, I was like, oh, this is Xenoblade. This is this is Xenoblade. Um it looked like it everything and then they introduced what like 10 12 different like nations or or factions or whatever they're showing off and i was like what mmo is this <laughs> like we this what is happening xenoblade online um and then it showed off a whole bunch of other stuff and i was like honestly all these characters look like fire emblem characters like i have literally no idea what this game is and then at the end it was like xenoblade chronicles 2 and i was like huh uh and i mean like it looks cool looks very xenoblade and then then they dug in more like you know world of the titans and and all that stuff um but when they showed combat i immediately I, i won't say lost interest in the game but i immediately wasn't sure how i felt because there is so much ui that just covers all of the screen and and I, th- I think it looks terrible. <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's secretly a Dynasty Warriors game.
2: Um, well, and, and then you, so you also have, to me, it feels like they made an MMO and then we're like, ooh, we don't have the budget to actually like flesh this out as an MMO, but now we have all these cool character models and character backstories and stuff that we want to use. How do we do this? Oh, let's just make them equipable on the the main character as, like, sub-characters, and we'll come up with some nomenclature that's actually backwards. They should be the drivers to the blade, Mm -hmm. not the blades to the driver. Um, Although I am... Anyway. Um, But, yeah, I just... I feel like combat looks super busy. There's a ton of UI everywhere. Um, And all in all, I just... I don't don't know. I'm definitely not a day one buy.
0: I'll tell you that. The second I saw that it was some character action jrpg i was like all right fading out yeah just (laughs) (laughs) what we got next um yeah and then the next thing they announced or the next thing on this list is project octopath traveler okay um which we can come we can we can round back to that if you want it says the producers of bravely default yeah which is interesting because it does look like bravely default in a lot of ways uh i could i could argue that point so obviously it's got it's pixel art with in like 3d environments right which bravely default wasn't well no but it was it did have that kind of diorama paper uh, pop out look to it yeah so bravely
2: default was this really interesting mismatch of like um not mismatch mismatch, mishmash. mish there we go
0: um i was working in the lab <laughs> um it was a mesh it was a mishmash. <laughs> All right. Sorry. All right. Um,
2: Bradley Default's visuals were gorgeous, but they weren't like strictly 2D, even though they looked strictly 2D. Um, I almost feel like they did the like old school Disney effect where they uh, did a whole bunch of 2D art on like planes and then and like, like planes of glass in a way. yeah, and then like smash them together. So as you move, you have certain things that drift behind or in front of other things, which I think is a really cool effect. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Octopath Traveler, the first time I saw it,
0: wait, were we talking about Octopath? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So right, I, we're I, also talking about Bradley default since it's
2: right, 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 right. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. I forgot whether we skipped it or not, but, um, First time I saw Oxpath Traveler and saw how they used pixel art textures on 3d models but still kept a flat non-rotational um mesh that they projected sprites onto I was like my life is complete <laughs> like this how have I never have I have I have I had the disconnect for this long that I could do something like this
0: I w- I actually had a prototype that did something similar to that um it was more like, because because the camera in Octopath Traveler is like very pulled out. Yeah, but it's also like re, as as Sam brought
2: up. It's really low, like yeah. it's 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 way less um over
0: to, uh, top uh, down like,
2: quote unquote top down like three quarter right. down. Um, it's it's it's. Almost like a quarter up from the ground. You, it's, you, yeah, get, it's like a You get this very or, like side
0: view. Yeah. Look to it. Yeah, it's it's very much like a diorama. Like yeah. you're looking into a side diorama. Yeah.
2: Well, and actually, um, uh, in the beginning of uh, old barracks uh opening, when he's in that cabin, yeah, uh, that reminded me of like like an old like shadow box or like a dollhouse. yeah. yeah, yeah where yeah, you yeah, just yeah, like yeah. remove one wall, but you still saw. So that that's pretty common. Um, in a lot of JRPG interior design. Um, But you still saw elements outside of that cabin in Octopath Traveler. You still saw the moonlight. It was like hitting trees and there was some land and stuff. So like the cabin was the only thing actually illuminated, but you had uh, environmental light or atmospheric light um, that kind of fleshed out the world around that cabin. Right. Really interesting.
0: So the way I would describe the art design in this game is it's ornate but also kind of garish yeah like it's very like a lot of browns and yellows and like it, it's, it's it's very stri- like tone,
2: it's tone setting yeah it's yeah.
0: striking but also just very over ebullient it's, it's 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 unrestrained it feels like and i and i like and and it might if i were to change settings like i didn't play primrose's Primrose's One. setting so is I don't know if the color palette changes at uh, all.
2: it does. Uh because most of all barrack stuff is in that like mountain village. So it's a yeah. lot of grays, lots of browns. Um Primrose is is in like a city. Um and so you still have that kind of like city lights glow feel to it, but there's a lot more
0: color. Um That's good. Yeah. If there's yeah. more vibrancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the color palettes change, I'd be okay with it. But it was a lot of like and it was good because it it, it was oppressive but also like intentionally so and like the tone like it, it it added a lot to the atmosphere yeah um i don't know if like all the disparate parts connected well together in terms of art and sound direction like i like that there was recorded voice acting and in, in parts of it i actually saw voice acting is
2: something i'm pretty particular about mm-hmm uh, and I love the voice acting in this game. I, thought I, th- it was I think good. it's really well done. How far did you get? You just played a little bit at the beginning,
0: right? So I got through his like flashback right. Got to him and then you trained the two and I trained the two guys and then that's why I stopped.
2: Okay. Um, there's a scene so like bandits come into the village, spoiler alert. okay. Um, <gasps> and, and you like fight off the bandits and then you like follow them into this mountain cave. And when you find the bandits, there's like a big group of them. And, like uh the leader of the bandits is like talking shit to old Berck, and he like says something, and all the bandits think it's funny, and the laughter not only like the the laughter text but the laughter speech like cascades through all of them. it's super organic, it's really well done interesting um and i I love that the speech bubbles
0: will overlap
2: themselves
0: yes. properly If there's like a group, and they're all Yeah. Talking. um yeah it's. I like that they're doing all this experimental stuff. I wish it was less experimental and more like, because the point that you do like experimental art or experimental like design is Mm -hmm. to like discover something new. Right. Um, And then you make something, you take those experiments and then you meld them into something well designed. This seems like it's in the experimental phase still. And it's like it's in in the follow through is still a little lacking. Okay. Just, and and it's and it's hard to describe. Like you know, it's like you said, like the city glow lighting that a lot of the models have, mm-hmm. and and mixed with the the kind of still pixel art font and the in the kind of ornate looking dialogue their mm-hmm. speech balloons, and it's it's a lot of stuff where it's like if they this just needed like a longer incubation period to me, right. So at
2: the same time, I mean, this is like it's the, a demo. This is the first demo. The the project doesn't even have a formal title yet. Right. So So it's good.
0: So that's that's right. You know,
2: I as for, that's well. In my opinion, as far along as it probably is, and is I mean it's coming out what, sometime next year? I didn't catch the release date. I'm pretty sure it's sometime twenty eighteen. Um they've got a, quite a ways yeah, yeah, to further polish and further develop it. I think it's gonna be a fantastic game. Um, my biggest gripe is some of the UI is like almost unreadably small.
0: Yeah, In, even, it, even on the tablet version, I'm well, just like that's that's how I was
2: playing. Yeah, it. so was I. Um, so if you go into the main menu, which is a gorgeous hand drawn map, yeah, that map is absolutely amazing. Um, and I think it's actually interactable later when you get to different parts. That's cool. Um, yeah, I really like that feature, but. If you go into items and then hit like Y, which like bumps down a row so with like a little item description, we're talking like literally a millimeter tall text. Yeah. If I held my switch away from me at arms length, I could not read it. Um but it, so that that was my biggest problem with that text. Um some of the text is fine. It, it, like your average talking to people text, um all the rest of the UI text in the menu is fine. Um, and in shops and stuff like that, but the in battle, um, little like stat things where like your stat, uh, your HPS, HP MP bars, uh, and stuff like that. I felt like it's, is, it doesn't need to be giant, but I felt like it's easily like half the size that it, it should be. It's, it's kind of just crammed up in the corner and yeah, like it. You have to, like, really look at it. You can't just, like, glance up there. Right. Um, that, that was, I think, a problem for me. I'm hopeful that they add um, a part to the settings menu that allows you to potentially enlarge the UI if you're playing on. Because on TV, it might not matter at all. I don't know. I haven't played it on TV yet. Um, I still have yet to play my Switch on TV. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I just never do. It's like I never take the joy cons yeah, Also, off. it just doesn't seem I like a, I have a, a pro controller. Uh huh. Um, but like, yeah, like anytime I go to play my Switch, which these days, except for Octopath, the only time I've even turned my Switch on was to like friend code add Emily and some other people <laughs> and me and you. Yeah, yeah. I but I yeah I just don't I don't I don't play my Switch anymore. Aw, I, I mean I will. It's going to happen. we a little um, Switch, but
0: um, little. yeah, I
2: just I just pop it off the 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 dock and and play for a little bit
0: if I'm if I'm gonna do stuff oh I don't even pl- put put it in the dock I just I have the cord over there
2: oh yeah I I keep it I keep it docked on the back of my PS4 in my room so
0: funny uh um, quick story about uh, electronics and entertainment centers okay so uh playing PUBG stop me if you heard this before I was playing PUBG no I haven't uh and that's right you haven't been on we we're talking about PUBG I don't think or have you Mm-mm. okay. Um, so I use these two TV trays and put them right here and I play on this TV just because yeah. I, I mean, I have a desk, obviously, but Max on this. Yeah. Uh, left a cup of water on the TV tray. Ooh. My cat's very particular about when he gets fed in the morning. He jumped up on the TV tray and kicked, I'm pretty sure intentionally, the the glass of water, which only had like a little itty bitty puddle of water on it. But. Cup goes flying lands in between my entertainment center and the PC and I'm like where's the water? Oh, there's a standing little puddle on the top of my tower. And so I like freak the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, Dry that off, right? Open up the case, pull the case off, look inside. There is one drop of water that landed on the power supply, not in the fan, just on the casing. And that is the only place there was water i thought there was some on the gpu but i don't think it was water okay and that was it and i was like holy shit did i dodge the biggest bullet (laughs) holy shit yeah never again yeah uh and then i turn my pc on just to make sure everything was running properly and i pull up specky because i have specky installed and i'm just watching the internal temperatures I'm just looking at the GPU because, like, yeah. was there water on it? And it, like, starts at, like, 40, 45 degrees Celsius. Maybe a little lower. So It starts at 40 degrees Celsius. I think it was a 41. And then 30 seconds pass at 42. hmm 43. 44. I'm like, oh, my God. What, when's this going to stop? And I never pay attention to my internal temperatures right until when it's like i should be yeah. yeah yeah and so i'm like i don't know what like the standard operating temperature this is i don't know where it like stalls at. at yeah so i'm like just waiting and just keeps slowly inching up and then it gets to like 62 and then it stalls out yeah and then it goes 62 61 62 61 62 63 62 61 yeah. i'm like all right and then now it's and now on idle it's still running at like 40 45 yeah so uh yeah usually
2: unless you're really like like taxing a gpu um what what card do you have
0: i have a 970
2: okay um yeah unless you're like really taxing a gpu it in my experience they usually run somewhere in the 50s or 60s but like if you like tax the shit out of that thing you can hit like I think my roommate hits like one twenty. Holy shit! Hundred one twenty Celsius. Wow. He's got a uh, he's got a seven seventy.
0: Oh, that's a little older card, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, he's pushing that thing
2: real quick. Do you wanna do you wanna hear about this monster that I'm gonna? Build? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. So two titans, uh, obviously. G- um, SLI together. <laughs> um, so. I'm going to go with one of the brand new, like month old, uh, I seven hex core. Okay.
0: Um, I don't, I don't pay attention to those specs. What are we on?
2: Scabby Lake. What's in KB Lake. Okay. KB Lake six core, uh, I seven. Uh, I was thinking I should go 60 or, uh, uh not 64, uh, 16 gigs of Ram. And I was like, but if I'm going to go 16, I might as well just go 32. <laughs> might as well. I mean, if you're going to go 32, might as well just go 64. That that argument has been had. That <laughs> argument has is not settled. I mean, yet. RAM's
0: relatively cheap now. It's not, I mean. 64
2: what, gigs of RAM is still like $400. Oh,
0: wow. I didn't know it was that much. What are you using? DDR4? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't
2: I, care what DDR I, it is if they're 64 well, gigs like, of it. I know nothing about. No, I know any of that shit, so um, I have no idea. But yeah, so the then, numbers are bigger. So my my plan is uh 1070, um, okay, probably not like the fully you know full fledged 11 or eight or 11 gig model, uh, but I think they make a six, uh, that's not expensive. Okay, but so doing that, um, doing like a thousand watt, uh,
0: 80 plus platinum PSU, modular. I don't know. You got to go modular, man. What, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, it means you can unh- unhook cables and put them in. So basically, on the on one side of the PSU is the external outlet plug, mm-hmm. and then on the other side is just like a bunch of grids that you can plug in cords into. So if it's like, hey, I need another... I don't, I don't know what the standards are for the cords, but if I need another cord for like another hard drive that I'm adding in, you just plug it in. Instead of it all being like built into there just being a giant hole with a oh, giant okay, ass okay. coil snaking out of yeah, it yeah, with yeah. all the cords okay it's yeah. just for cable management that's and it's more convenient yeah i want that yeah. i want to do that yeah um i want that for my next psu
2: and then those are pretty much uh the core specs that matter i'm gonna get the cheapest whatever mid tower case that i can and just pull all the leds out i can't do leds in my case because it's in my bedroom oh and then it just, like, half of my room's, like, glowing red. And I'm just like, I can't sleep. Um, Welcome to hell. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm, so, it's weird. I need to look into this more. But I priced this build out, uh, like, two months ago. It uh-huh. was about two grand. So but that was, like, 10, so- that was with a 1060. Uh-huh. Then I priced it out, like, three days ago. And it's only 1400 <laughs> And I was like... Hmm. You need like new egg alerts. If it's it's only gonna be fourteen hundred, I could save the money. Or I could maybe get an I nine eight core instead. Ooh. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh That'd be nice for like So I'm 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 not building this to play games. I don't play games. Uh (laughs) Who plays games? Yeah. I don't I don't have time to play games. Um I'm building this for future more intensive art and shader game design projects. Like I'm building a game design machine,
0: not a really nice computer that plays games. Also audio. Yeah. Cause true. like if you're doing audio processing, it's going to be like that. The more, RAM, oh, yeah. and the higher yeah. CPU, more, more
2: RAM, more cores. Um, so that, that's definitely, uh, something to consider. But cool. yeah, hopefully I'll be able to maybe get all the stuff and put that together. Um, in October or November.
0: Yeah, maybe I should may, might look into some upgrades. I don't know. I'm pretty happy with my current setup. I have yeah. like an i5. It's like a year and a half old. And- yeah.
2: Yeah. So my my current setup is like a bottom rung i3 from 2010. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Uh, and I upgraded my 620 card. That's right. Damn. Uh, to uh a 950. And now I can it's like going from like a Civic into like a Ferrari, I'm,
0: just like. Well,
2: I, no, it's like going from a Civic to like a newer Civic.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because you don't have anything else in there. Yeah, I just right. meant graphic card wise.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it now I can like do more stuff, but I still like it. That's your bottleneck, is that? Yeah. I think. Um, and then I'm running like eight gigs of RAM. And obviously, so, every
0: time you switch out the CPU, it's like, oh, they. They changed the pin configuration, yep. so gotta get yep. a new well, motherboard.
2: Yeah, uh, I want to say Skylake hadn't changed it yet, but KB Lake did. Of course. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I gotta get a motherboard uh, and everything. Playing that up lessons is so stupid. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, step into the next dimension and <laughs> use a computer from the future. <laughs> but uh, in that, I need to buy at least one really nice uh not like shitty acer monitor like I have because I've I have a dual twenty four mm-hmm. but they're like hundred and twenty dollars sixty hertz uh acers and so I wanna I wanna get at least <laughs> I wanna get at least two more monitors <laughs> which sounds hilarious but you know you're a Unity dev. If I could quadrant my whole Unity display on four whole monitors I would be massively more productive.
0: Visual studio over here. Unity over here, editor over here, Photoshop well, no, over I, here. I do,
2: I do a four oh. grid like
0: this. I do two and two. You do one on top of the other. Yeah, so I'd, I'd have
2: I'd have one uh, probably my top left with animator animation, uh, and and a project. Oh, so you're splitting out the windows in the editor oh, like that? Yeah, full window split. Um, and then I'd have probably. Moment, moment showed me that I can lock windows in Unity, and it changed my life forever.
0: Oh okay, I know what you're saying. Now I can shit. click
2: on a game object or an event object and it'll stay and locked. Lock it. Yeah. And then oh my God, you don't know how many times I how many hours probably collectively that I spent scrolling through uh event lines to get down to where I was because I'd accidentally clicked on something instead of clicked and dragged it. Literal hell.
0: Um before I was using uh Git, I uh was exporting a, a game I made and it crashed during the build. So when I opened it back up, it had... um, The scenes were fine, I think, but all the references were broken. Yep. So all the script references, all the prefab references, everything. And this game had a lot of them because it was basically like mimicking a desktop, Mm -hmm. OS desktop. So it spawned a window. It was like, all right, well, that's a prefab. And then that would close out the window and spawn a new window and that's a different prefab and and, you know you have these three pop-up windows all use different script references yeah and i was like fuck and i spent like a good hour or two trying to find somewhere where this because i was saving them to dropbox because i was an idiot and i know what i mean i i just learned how to branch and merge and <laughs> GitHub. Just okay. that, that's where I am right now okay. in my knowledge of Git. Okay. And I use SourceTree. I don't fuck around with the CLI yeah, bullshit. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I I use Source Tree.
0: Um and so I like looked on Dropbox. I was like, all right, I have Dropbox Pro, so it, it saves shit. Didn't wasn't in like the I actually hate Dropbox. It's uh I like Dropbox more than I like Google Drive. I'm the exact opposite. I hate <laughs> Google Drive because Google Drive would mess up my uh, asset files in Unity way really? back when like years ago okay and since then I was like I'm never using Google Drive for really? for stuff like that. for non-standard file types I never use Google Drive so I use Google Drive for for the podcast and I have like half a terabyte of podcast files in a Google oh, Drive yeah I'm sure because they're
2: enormous yeah it's like three gigs a, a, a podcast um, the entirety of the War of Alana project inc- like because I have art assets like through half of the game that just need to be redone. Uh huh. Um, but the entirety of the project isn't even a gig yet. <laughs> nice. Yay,
0: 2D pixel art. Yeah. But, uh, so, but I, it, uh, so I... uh, So tried to look on Dropbox. What's it on there? And I'm like freaking out. I was like, I, fuck it. I don't know. I don't know. This, this is all fucked. This is going to take me forever to fix this. Yeah. And then I remember I have a time machine that my laptop periodically backs up to yeah, And it was on there. And it, oh, was, it nice. was like a day old or something. Okay. So I lost some progress, but I didn't lose like, yeah. Kind of work that would drive me insane trying to replicate. Yeah. Like literally, like replicating it perfectly would, would have been impossible. Yeah. Just remembering right. how all the references work. And, um, and so immediately after that, I learned I made a GitHub account and uploaded that shit to GitHub.
2: Good. Good. Yeah. I, uh, one of the things that we're trying to actively do in War of Lana right now uh, is retool some of the uh, engine parts so they're less brittle um, because we made an update to the battle engine prefab that allows for use. Well, no, we 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 already had item use, but we fleshed out the other commands in the item menu. So now you can like walk over to a unit and and. In, uh initiate a transfer with them and like trade items with them or give them an item you can equip items in battle uh, or you can drop an item from your inventory which would put it into like the party stock and you can so you don't have to like lose it forever uh-huh. um, but you put it in like your overflow stock and you can get to that outside of battle um, but so we had to integrate all that UI and stuff um, into the battle engine prefab the battle engine prefab also has main camera and the dialogue system okay and uh a set of scripts that control um basically the battle engine itself but one of the scripts was the encounter manager which pulls in ids from the entity database for like populating enemies into your tiles for like who gets set up where
0: um there's a lot of logic going into that it's a one really prefab. it's a really complex game actually um, oh yeah and the second you get into dialogue systems it's like you know, uh, everything's yeah. free game. The it's dialogue like, system is actually
2: one of the easier parts of we have we yeah. War of Alana has like twelve core engines in it. But um but yeah, so we updated the prefab and it broke every battle in the game. And yeah. I was like, uh we should we should do this differently. Can I take the encounter manager out? And <laughs> my developer was like, eh. Like, <laughs> it should work as long as it's in the scene somewhere. And I was like, cool, we're going to try it. So I pulled that out up to the prefab. It worked. And then I realized that as part of the main camera, when you go into the UI and the battle pop-up where your interactions happen, right? The battle pop-up holds, uh, the background for the battle pop-up, which changes per battle, which changes per battle. So then I had to go and put all the different battle backgrounds back where they're supposed to go right. in like 12 different scenes. Um, And I was like, okay, going to start taking notes on how to make all this not brittle and prioritize some tasks for like, can we have the battle pop-up background reference something that's in the encounter manager and just store the image there so I never have to fuck with it after I make the battle. Um, So we're, we're working towards some of that stuff, but... It, there's there's an event I I broke the biggest event in the game by doing that because there's an event that happens mid battle in chapter one, and since I updated the battle or no since I pulled out the battle engine and put a new one in that was updated, um, I have like a sixty line event that I have to throw dialogue system stuff back into, so that'll be part of my day later. Fun
0: stuff. I'm super stoked. I um, I was doing a thing where. It's so I would I would cross check whenever whenever Scout and Peak would collide with anything mm-hmm. that would take an action on him, like make him jump or end, end the level or something. It would cross check it with a reference of himself that mm-hmm. was a public game object variable that I would just drag and drop into that. So it says, is this this? Being are these the same game object and yep. be like yes and and then it would it would trigger whatever event I wanted. The problem was I've been constantly updating scout's like character animation and 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 basically how he's built because I started using like anima 2D so I was using a skeleton rigging system so that I had to completely redo his game object right I then had to go through and redo all those references and I'm like why the fuck why why did I build it this way and then so instead I just have I have a game manager and I have all of those objects that need a reference to scout just query the game manager and the game manager holds the one reference to scout as a variable object or as a public variable. And then just passes those back down to hit. I'm yeah. like, why you, you try to do things fast. And then like six months later, you're like, why the fuck did I ever do this this way?
2: That is, that has been like the two years of game development. Like there's, there's a whole bunch of really early on, like engine foundation stuff that just drives my developer crazy. He's like one day, I'm gonna have time to pull all this
0: apart and fix it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other the other g- prototype I was working on, which is like a a, a term based game, so it uses like a uh, like A star for like figuring out like path pathing and stuff, right? Hmm. Um. We use A star too. Yeah. So so and there's a grid. Uh, I think I also do you use A star to like figure out their the walk path, or do you use A star for like how their movement range? Because uh, I think Will uses flood fill for movement ranges when he does turn based
2: stuff. I'm pretty. We only use uh, A star for pathfinding. We did all of our like uh, grid range and all that stuff. All that is um, uh, Dykstra or something. No, um, um, not Dykstra. Uh, I can't think of the word. Uh, my my developer wrote
0: that whole okay. system. All right. Yeah. I need to I need to look back and see one of them's A star. I'm pretty sure the pathfinding is A star. Pathfinding is A, A star. Um, but uh I So for that one, I was like, all right, I need to I need to think smarter, not harder on this. Um so like one of the things I did, I would do string comparisons a lot in like earlier games, right? It's like, all right, I need to compare, I need to make sure this is the right game object. So I would do uh string compare, equals or contains, you know, whatever. For this one, I have a bunch of tiles on the map. And they're all going to have the same name, but with like a number after them, right? Because they're just, I'm just duplicating the prefab. And I was like, well, I can't do that. And then I discovered instance ID. And it's like, hey, just compare the instance ID. Are these instance IDs the same? There you go. Ah. It's really, it's really convenient because every, even if they're duplicate objects in logic, they're going to have unique instance IDs.
2: Nice. Yeah. Nice.
0: I like it. There's all these little. These little nuances to
2: Unity that you find down the road, and you're like, I wish I'd known about that.
0: Well, now it's just a question of like, before you even take a step forward, it's like, all right, I'm going to do this thing this way, and then and then, uh, I learned this from web dev. It's like, wait, has this problem already been solved in a more clear-cut, less convoluted way? Mm. And, then you, and then you go look, and it says, oh, instance ID. Okay. Oh. So, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, yes yeah, so nintendo direct <laughs> yeah yeah let's 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 get back on track here um but yeah i, I think we'm gonna try more octopath traveler
2: i i so i definitely think you should try primrose's story okay um i i basically got both of them to level four and tried the first boss for both and died for both so i'll pick it up again and and farm some more and you know explore and stuff um primrose's
0: story is really messed up. I read like the description on like the character select screen.
2: Yeah, where like, she's like in
0: hiding and using no, a it's, false it's name. No, it's it's
2: like way more messed up than that. Okay, um, I will check it out. But I'm, yeah, I'm very excited to play more and see more of what they're gonna do with it. Uh, also, well, no, let's let's stay on topic
0: here. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me see. Um. Here's something that Alex was super excited about. Okay. Doom and Wolfenstein. Doom too. and Wolfenstein.
2: Uh. So this this actually marks uh a pretty big step for Nintendo to. We got
0: a violent one. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Like to 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 have, you know, demon and Nazi shooters, essentially. Yeah. Um. On a Nintendo. I mean, is, has that happened before? That's not
0: a thing. Um. So last generation they did weird stuff like they like when the Wii U first came out it's like we have Batman Arkham City armored edition and we have I think one of the Assassin's Creed games and Yeah, but well let me get so okay. my, my point is and then they also had like Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 3. Okay. So they have been trying to get more mature games right. on their platforms. The problem is they were pulling this shit of like Especially with Batman: Arkham City, where it's like, here's a remastered, quote unquote, like a, a Wii U specific version, which immediately right. flags of like, is this like a less, you know, a, a lower quality, a lower graphics fidelity version? Is this a um, have they have
2: they stripped out a whole bunch of potentially uh, sensitive material? Right. Like, yeah. Is this a Nintendoized yeah, it's version a, of this game? This
0: is a sanitized version. Yeah. And I never... I, I don't think... Because I saw that and I was like, I'm, fucking, I'm not going to play this. I'm a PC. I'm not going to play this on the Wii U. Um, so what's nice about this version or the way they're doing it better this time is that it's just the game. It's just the game as the game. It's not like... If you try to sanitize Doom... It would no longer be Doom. Yeah, you would lose all of the qualities that make Doom, Doom. Especially this new version of Doom, which is very, like...
2: (laughs) Kill-centric?
0: Well, it's it's kill-centric, but it's it's a celebration of how silly and gory and messy Doom is. Um, I mean, it's... But also, I think it's a, a Bethesda, a continuing building that relationship with Bethesda. Right, um...
2: I mean it's it's cool to see for sure that Nintendo's come that far and 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 I mean honestly now you have Doom and
0: Wolfenstein 2 that you can play anywhere you want. Hell yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not going to buy Doom again um because I haven't even played it on the PC yet. Uh but true. I'll I'll definitely pick up Wolfenstein. Yeah. for the Switch cuz why the hell not if it's not knee-capped in any way, Exactly. Graphically or performance wise. I mean
2: uh, the Switch is a super powerful machine. I and mean, it's no like Project
0: Scorpio, but it's not built to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that Tigra chip in it is yeah. does a job. Um I'm just glad they didn't stop at Skyrim for Switch and uh bye-bye now. Right. Um uh, so get. on the topic of Skyrim, um I've never played it. Well, I mean, uh, that doesn't surprise me given that okay. your feelings towards western RPGs. <laughs> no,
2: no, 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 no. I i have so played not that like you
0: dislike them but like you have a preference towards
2: I, well, I, I, Japanese yeah, RPGs. I have a preference towards what i consider the classics um but like i love dragon age so much oh really oh yeah love the shit out of dragon age did you play inquisition oh yeah like In- uh, 130 hours i still need to
0: play inquisition
2: um it, it is not a perfect game by any means but neither was the first
0: dragon like that that's or a the very second i mean right. it, it, it's a very imperfect series but it's fun
2: yeah. but it, it's it's fun i love the lore um inquisition is fleshed out in a lot of ways that the other ones aren't um you know the secret
0: with the name of the world yes <laughs> does that bother you kind of fadas the, the dragon, dragon age Mage setting awesome
2: oh, um I mean, Thetis is an awesome name until you realize that it's the Dragon Age setting. And you're like, well, that's cheap. But, um... No, I just... I love that Inquisition allows you to explore so much more of that world. Um, Unfortunately, not nearly as much as I wanted. I've always wanted to go into Tevinter and, you know, go in, like, the old... You know, like magic academies and all the crazy shit that
0: the Imperium has. Right. Um was it what's the French country? Orsay? Orsay? Something like that? Orlay. 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 Yeah. You you, you
2: orlais, do Orlay <laughs> You you do a bunch of stuff in Orlay. Cool. Um But I think my biggest my biggest gripe with uh Dragon Age Inquisition is aside from so there's this mechanic. That kind of forces you to do side content. Mm -hmm. um, Where you... To do main story quests, you have to have a certain power level. And you get power by doing side content. Hmm. So, you essentially have to go back and forth. You can't just, like, free-run all of the main content. Like, you have to do other stuff to develop power to do the main stuff.
0: But they kind of did that, in a way, in the first one, didn't they? Like, kind of when you were building... Not really. I thought there was like weird. uh
2: yeah, not not at dating. all. Not at all in the same way. Okay. Um, I trust you. But, um, what was my other gripe? Oh, so the the main like villain for Act One, essentially of Dragon Age Inquisition, is a boss from a Dragon Age Two
0: DLC hmm so you wouldn't have any context unless you bought that dlc
2: right and so like i didn't and like i would have had i would have had no idea if my roommate hadn't played it and so yeah like i they could have done uh much more obvious things with the story i was assuming inquisition was going to be the actual civil war between the templars and the mad the mages because that's what one and two were setting up and then you get to 3 and it's like oh no that kind of happened but like on the side over here and you're like really seems like a
0: bad choice um i mean overall o- overall
2: i still love inquisition
0: i like who's the main writer on that do you know his name uh um start is brad something dave something uh, david
2: i think it's i always want to say gator yeah but i think I'm wrong. I, I actually, um, I have friends that know him. Oh, that
0: it. because he's, he's working with, um, uh, whoever's making the new Baldur's Gate. Yes.
2: Um, I, I was, I was trying to meet, I was trying to meet up with him through my friend connection at GDC. Uh, huh. uh, but his schedule was like crazy. I'm sure. And I was like,
0: yeah, no, I'm not surprised.
2: Not surprised at all. I followed him on Tumblr for a while.
0: Um, not that I stopped following him, I just stopped using Tumblr. And
2: uh yeah, David Gator.
0: Yeah, he always had he always had interesting, insightful things to say, especially about writing and how it concerns games, especially games of that of that scale. Yeah. But things like the 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 DLC character being a main boss in the in the next game, I feel like that's partially because Bioware made a deal with the devil and yeah. you know.
2: But that that's pretty true.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, EA... Won some DLC for 2 and you know David Gator and his writing team probably wanted to you know justify having created that content so yeah well i mean it's like uh another quick tangent look at
2: i mean square square's trying to milk the final fantasy 15 engine for uh just a, just a little bit more money <laughs> what is it being used for now uh they they made a chibi version oh uh, that's the same engine it uh, as far as I can tell, uh, it uses all the same voice clips, all the same music. Obviously, that's not engine dependent, right? Um, but I'm fairly certain it's the same engine. But no mobile phone would have handled 15s models, right? So they made like a little low poly. I like. I think that I version. think that's kind of cool. I mean, I don't think I'd play. At first, a- at first, I was like, "Really, you're gonna really do this?" And then I saw what the characters look like, and I was like all of them look fine except for gladio gladio looks does like he a, look like knuckles he and, looks like a doorstop like he's just like <laughs> a wedge he's just a wedge and then his face is all like
0: smashed in towards the middle he just looks fucking stupid so he does look like knuckles in the in the remake the sonic boom version. yeah pretty much he um, put some bandages around his
2: but um but then i saw like actual gameplay of it and it it really is just like a 3DS version of 15. And I was like, I could be down with that.
0: But it's on <laughs> it looks, phones,
2: though. I know. I mean, I'm not going to play it on phones. So I don't play anything. You're going to have a virtual the, the one game joystick that I play on my phone is Final Fantasy Tactics.
0: <laughs> Tell me how surprised you are. Zero. Yeah. I'm zero surprised. Have you? Did you ever play Tactics? I played A2.
2: Okay. On okay. DS. We talked about that. Yeah. I is this if,
0: original PlayStation this is tactics? Well,
2: no uh, this is War of the Lions okay. PSP okay re-release but um a2 if a2 had the dark political foundation that tactics had I would prefer a2 over tactics a2 is a
0: fucking amazing game i think i had like 150 hours in i I, A2. Had,
2: I had at least 120 but i'd only done like half the side quests
0: yeah and i like still couldn't beat like the final boss or whoever she was it was, was a struggle i was like to what? get through that final boss like come on i've put like so much time into this game just let me just give this to me what's up with what's up with that what's but, up with jrpgs and final bosses and it just being like
2: like you need to farm for like another 40
0: hours like you to, just need to beat the final boss. Do a human sacrifice in order to get the requisite power to I guess. So,
2: okay. I I guess I'll put it this way. I would rather have a final boss that absolutely wipes the floor with me 20 times before I can beat it than a final boss that is basically a random encounter. Okay. But cuz I I've played games actually recently. There's there was an indie made game I, I spewed a whole bunch of shit about it on the on the Slack channel. Um The hardest fight in that game was a random battle somewhere in the final dungeon. The last like four battle phase final battle uh was literally no different from no different or harder from from any other boss that I'd fought, even including the first one. Okay. And I was just like, really? Like, I didn't earn this ending. Like, that, that final boss fight was just like, me pushing buttons. Like, it wasn't even like an endurance run, which, most of the game was, hey, I'm going to give you enemies that don't do a lot of damage, and you do a lot of damage to them, but to, to make up for it, uh, I'm going to give them a shit ton of life, so all of your random battles take like, 10 minutes that got old real fast Mm -hmm. um but anyway so yeah i would much rather i'd much rather have a boss that like you can feel the power of like they are actually a final boss than like yeah i'm a final boss but like you can kill
0: me in a couple hits it just gets repetitive though because like oh i died okay roll back to the previous save okay go through all the dialogue again all right start the battle oh look i died again all right
2: yeah, so, rinse, um, repeat. modern games do a lot more. Like, if you've already, I, I don't know how they do this, maybe with global flags. Um, but like, if you've already gone through the pre battle scene, um, and you like die or, yeah, you like die and come back to it, it'll save that flag. And so when you go into it, it just starts the battle. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's good quality of life. Um, really a lot of it just comes down to your system setup and how strategic you make the game. Like if like most JRPGs are just button mashers, um, but some are like really um, element or status ailment intensive. So like when you're fighting a boss that has cycles of using certain statuses on you or itself, you have to develop particular strategies of healing versus attacking to you know, survive long enough with enough HP to survive like their super attack, and then start over. Yeah. So it, it, a lot of it is in the boss design and the the system design and stuff.
0: To that point, um, and we'll come back to that Nintendo Direct thing, but real quick, I want to say I've been playing more Mario and Rabbids. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I quite enjoy the 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 loop in that game. Mm-hmm. It's quick enough that it's it's I don't feel bogged down with an individual fight, um, but strategic enough that I'm able to. It, yeah you're not do just all the finessing pressing a button right yeah um especially with the mobility of their double jumps or super jumps or whatever they call them they're when you jump on another teammate and they boost you up and you get to go farther because oh. you can string that out because like luigi you can go up his skill tree and upgrade it so that he can do it twice so you can jump on mario and then mario propel him to rabid peach and then you can rabid peach will catch him and then throw him again so luigi can like travel a great amount of distance in yeah. a very short time or Mario can do a uh, ground pound when he comes down so he can jump off someone and then land on an enemy and do damage to them. Cool. Uh, and then they also have these slide attacks so you can on your move turn you can select an enemy that w- that's within movement range and then move again to wherever you want to go so usually I'm behind cover I move out of cover, I slide tackle someone and then I come back Mm-hmm. To where I was, and then I shoot them, and then the uh, the percentage hit uh, chances are very uh, simplified, which I like. So it's either you have a hundred percent chance to hit, fifty percent, or zero percent, right. and it's determined by how much cover they have. So there's like full, full blocks, cover, half cover, no cover, yeah. right? So it's, um, it's a lot of like kind of simple math, yeah, and and, and positioning. So it's a lot about yeah. like positioning and predicting where they're gonna move and now they're starting to introduce enemies with with uh special abilities so like i have an overwatch ability on Mario and Luigi mm-hmm. uh, rabbit peach has a heal now i'm having enemies that have overwatch abilities and also enemies that have heals mm-hmm. enemies that throw grenades so your cover doesn't matter it's about distance at that point so you need to be out of range of them throwing the grenade yeah so they they they
2: establish a baseline for the way the system works and then they build upon it yeah start to integrate uh ways that that baseline is altered.
0: I'm over a quarter of the way through it, given the completion percentage on the main screen, mm-hmm. and um, apparently I'm in World Two, and, and like World Three, it starts like getting a lot tougher. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I, I've heard it's like it's pretty difficult. And we, I still haven't played it. I still haven't gotten it. I think I like it. I mean, I, you oh, know, you I like tactics. I absolutely plan to. Right. But I told myself I was going to finish twelve, which I still haven't worked on more. Right. Um, and I was going to finish Pyre. Oh, you've been playing Pyre.
0: Pyre is. Pyre something. Tell me about Pyre. Okay, so... And, and uh, we're familiar with what it is. Because okay. okay. I, I played at PAX East. I played the multiplayer at PAX East. Okay. Um,
2: uh, I played uh, a little bit of single player at GDC. Um, th- there, There's a, a substantial amount of optimization that happened between GDC, whatever oh, really? <laughs> demo I paid, played at GDC, and, and buying it because the PS4 at GDC was struggling to process that much stuff on screen um the biggest thing that stands out in pyre is that it's super super juicy and super polished i do like
0: the art style in it
2: um the art style is gorgeous but like there's just so many little tiny bits that all come together to make it really polished and really nice um there's a lot of characters and a lot of different like races and play styles and stuff. And when they started introducing more characters, I was like, oh, that's cool. They'll introduce more characters. I figured I was going to, like, stick to my three that I had and then, like, every battle or two, I'm getting a new character that plays totally different, moves totally different, you know, et cetera. And I was just like, wow, like, this is this is a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. So
0: here's the ultimate question. Okay. should make the dog
2: shave the mustache or no? Uh, I haven't gotten that far and, you- and I would never... I would never make him sacrifice uh, such an awesome part My, of of
0: his design. If, he, if I'm going to have a dog that looks like Sniley Whiplash. Of course, going <laughs> to not make him shave the mustache. Yeah, but um, one thing, and actually, so I've
2: I've listened to a bunch of podcasts that Darren Korb has been on, the composer. Okay, uh, I've met Darren a few times. Um, uh, oh, name drop? No, I'm just kidding.
0: Um, is but, he is he contracted? by no, them no, no. or does he work for i Super mean he's Giants? he's he's core team okay he's done all their games okay cool because um, it's it's amir greg kasaman yep him the composer yeah darren uh, and, and then uh, the guy who voices oh, the sword
2: and uh the
0: narrator <laughs> i wanted to call him chester bennington but that is incorrect um i'm not i don't know who he is but the team's small that team's like what like half a dozen so okay people? it was seven when they made bastion okay
2: and now they're twelve. Okay. Um, and then uh, Gen Z is the the artist. Okay. Who does everything? Oh, I love the uh, painterly style. The, it's so
0: she's so amazing. It's great. Um, I love those like cut scenes, quote unquote, in Transistor that was just like a bunch of painted yeah. images that that moved. Oh, it looks yeah. so good. Um, so as
2: usual, and and this is not at all to diminish the game design or the gameplay or art or anything. But as usual, my absolute favorite part of Pyre is the music. Um it's this blend of just like folk rock and menstrually sort of mandolin, you know, tremolo picking, uh, and this kind of like gypsy classical style. It's it perfectly fits the world that they've created, which um, Darren Corb always pulls that off. Um, however, he, however long it takes him to find that sound, he always finds it. Um, he said it took him quite a bit to actually like nail down the sound for Bastion. Um, People are obsessed with the Bastion soundtrack, which well, because it's it, he wanted to create a soundtrack that nobody'd heard before. He calls it frontier trip hop.
0: Yeah, that's like it's and it's like, like that's w- what it is. It's like rockabilly. With yeah, some industrial yeah, yeah like you have elements undu- to uh, it.
2: industrial. Um, you have like very digitized like blips and clicks and pops, but over really old style blues and western guitar, um, and it's so well done.
0: It is, I, and I I think it fits well with the tone. But I am not the kind of person that listens to the Bastion soundtrack right by itself. Right, I'm the kind of person that listens. I listen to like the Fez soundtrack a lot. Okay. Um, which, um, I don't know. I don't know what that makes me. <laughs> I don't know what that delineation is between listening to Disasterpiece or Darren stuff. Um,
2: I like Disasterpiece's work quite a bit. Um, he was in uh, a GDC for the Hyperlight Drifter panel. Uh, it was him and uh, Akash Takar, and they talked both about their approach, um, which I think was pretty cool. Yeah. But so going back to Pyre, yeah, yeah, um, um, just
0: real quick. Um, I'm, I'm is the, how's the writing? Uh, it's it's good, okay, it's good. Um,
2: the writing is really good. The I think, that, again, to me, the thing that stands out more is the integration of the writing. As you, uh, when you start the game, um, as as you, you know, you read through text that comes up in this little pop up thing. Um, you have a little like reticle, and any text that is colored, you can move and click on it. So like when they introduce your character, your character's like found by the group, um, and somebody's like, oh, uh, blah 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 blah. He, like he is still unconscious. You can go to he and change it to she or they by clicking on it, and so like it's how and and in doing that you make the choice of what you want the gender of your character to be right. Um, and there are a lot of bits in the dialogue where you can interact with it to change the flow of dialogue and make these choices without actually making a direct yes, no, he, she, whatever choice that's displayed. It's a lot more, uh, nudging, I guess, but the, it, it comes across really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and, and listening to one of the Darren Cord podcasts, um, I found out something about the game that I hadn't experienced yet, which, uh, you pretty early on, you find a minstrel and he travels with you. And every once in a while, when you go in the caravan, he'll be in there and you can request songs for him to play. And I was like, oh, cool. It's like a sound test wrong. It is like solo Darren versions of the music. And I was like, okay, next time I play, I gotta go like listen to a bunch of shit because that's so cool. Um uh, he wrote a ton of music for the soundtrack. And then um he and Ashley Barrett, who is also phenomenal. Um she's all she was I don't remember her name. The the girl um in Bastion that okay. sings. Okay. Um Ashley Barrett always does their female vocals. Cool. Um, but they, they duet a lot in the soundtrack. And is it like actual vocals or is it just like, yeah. Um, and actually, uh, another thing I learned from the podcast and this is like some next level shit. Um, but the, when you beat the game, there's a final theme, uh, that is a duet, but the lyrics and that theme depend on what you've done in the game. I'm on board.
0: Yeah. I am on board. And
2: so like... This, so they recorded the lyrics and and the phrases in parts and then in fmod um used different setups and triggers to basically li- like live compose how the final song is going to be put together and i was like damn <laughs> that's that's amazing that's pretty cool i love that stuff but yeah so i have to finish 12 and i have to finish pyre and Before you get I the Mario get Rabbids Mario Rabbids
0: cool. Yeah, I haven't bothered buying Pyre because, like I said, my pile of shame is so high. And yeah. I like. I bought uh, what did I buy. I bought Tacoma, the week it came out. Mm. I haven't touched it. I bought the the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale series. I haven't touched it yet.
2: I uh, I bought Hollow Knight and, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. Haven't touched them. I have a large, I have a large pile of shame. People were freaking out about Hollow Knight when it came out. Oh yeah, well, it just it's a very distinct art style. It is. Uh, same for Ori. Ori is just like absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it, and it's hard for me to make time to play games when
0: I have to make a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, just start a podcast and then you'll be recording podcasts and playing games more than you are making games just
2: so uh funny enough on on that topic um i was at my best friend's house the other last week um last weekend and he had just put together a retro pie um and we were going through some old games and he started up what did he start up Oh, I was helping, uh, I was giving him ideas for what to emulate for GBA. Cause he had NES and SNES, but that was it. And I was like, there's some great RPGs and other games on GBA. So let's go through the list. Um, and I was like, oh, you have to play Sword of Mana. Cause Secret of Mana was the game that like started our friendship in fourth grade. Um, and so like every time he's come home from the Navy or, you know, come over, whatever, we always just play Secret of Mana. Like that's our thing. Um, but he never played Sword of Mana.
0: Which I assume is the sequel?
2: Uh, no. So, Sword of Mana was kind of a remake of Final Fantasy Adventure. Okay. Uh, Tyler and I went through a whole thing on Slack like last night or two nights ago about it. Um, maybe it was last night. But... Um, so, they they took Final Fantasy Adventure, which is the first Seiken Nutsetsu game. So, the, that's the prequel to Secret of Mana. Um... And they remade it, quote unquote. But they did this like after Sega Nintendo 4 had come out. So there was a huge amount of like style design and world design and stuff and, and norms that had come into that series. Um, and so the game that they created was totally different <laughs> from the game that it was, quote unquote, based on. Mm. Um, but it also had a whole bunch of like systems that had been fleshed out that none of the other games had. Like when, um, so you got a bestiary, and when you went to look at an enemy, it gave you a kill count. It gave you um, what its weakness level or strength level was versus all of your weapon types and all of your magic types. Uh, And each enemy was classified uh, as having a different type of lore or what what draws it to you. And so, like, some enemies rely on sound to know how to find you and attack you um and there are items that you can find that lure enemies to you based on whatever their lore type is um and i don't, it just i had forgotten all those things about it i'd played it like 12 years ago or something um and it it got me on board like real quick again and so i been playing a lot more sword of mana than anything else pretty cool just uh you know in a little screen on my on my computer um yeah
0: it's it's a great game awesome yeah uh how do you feel about this secret of mana remake we haven't talked about it yet yeah we'll get back to this nintendo direct eventually but
2: yeah not not really we won't Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um so i personally don't know A better way to do it I think the 3d style and the palette and uh the modeling style is a perfect translation of the sprites to 3d um kind of like a modern dragon quest vibe to it yeah but it still keeps that like super vibrant uh kind of quirkiness that secret of mana sprites had um and obviously like we're gonna have new perspectives so like scenes are gonna look pretty different uh, I watched, there's like a, a first 11 minutes of the game that goes from the beginning to uh, when you fight the first boss. Um, and like, to me, it was how I had always envisioned remaking that game uh, visually and, and uh, I guess, design-wise. Like, the... The attack animations are more fleshed out. You don't just swing a sword the same way every time, Um, which actually in Secret of Mana, there are three attacks uh, for sword slice. But um, like in, in the video, the first thing he does when he walks up to the first rabbi is he actually jabs him with the sword, which like that was not a thing. Um, and then uh like the rabbit animations themselves as well like they're like flopping around and stuff and they they just have so much life and and style to them
0: I could not be more hype trained for this game that's cool yeah i'm I'm gonna give it a try um the original version when I get a SNES classic
2: you never played the original,
0: okay, so you know it's three
2: player right
0: like required no, okay
2: um so but so you you get your three party members okay anyone can pick up a controller press start and tag in as anybody else
0: that's pretty cool it is but you'd need that like port extension thing for the super nintendo don't you yeah which i don't think they're gonna have for the
2: classic you can
0: play two player though
2: right sure two players like the standard okay but um that's what
0: you meant when you and your friend played secret of mana together is that
2: yeah yeah like we actually played it together um that the whole reason I got a Wii is because Secret of Mana was on WiiWare, and, or not WiiWare, uh, e-shop. virtual console, virtual console,
0: yeah. Um, they've have so many
2: fucking yeah. Different um, names but the now. Wii had four ports, so we could just play three player Secret of Mana with ease. Finally, uh, and we did for like hundreds of hours.
0: <laughs> ease. I've
2: played I've played through Secret of Mana easily, ten times. Um, it's. There's, there's only a few other games. I probably haven't even played through Chrono Trigger that many times. So, which one's
0: your favorite? What's your favorite JRPG?
2: Or what's your favorite game? See, I, that, I, I can't answer that question. Who's your it's favorite quick, child? It's <laughs> that well, I don't have any. So, my cat, obviously. It's my <laughs> favorite child. My um, drum kit. I've been neglecting my drum kit since the day I built it a year ago. My <laughs> drum kit is one year old. So, you can't pick a favorite? um i have to do it i have to do it by like subgenre, like i can't even or or like by series like can i, do I a, can't can
0: you do a top three like specific games not series specific games
2: specific games so one and one and two are always the same but slot three for my top three could be one of like 20
0: games okay so what's your top two
2: um top two are chrono trigger final fantasy 6
0: and they in, if, if you in are either order
2: no, no, no. Chrono Trigger is one. Okay. Final Fantasy VI is two. Well, then you can pick
0: a top one if it's Chrono Trigger.
2: Yes, but it—I don't know. Yeah, th- those, are like, those are like those are like my defaults. Okay. Um, if I'm like hardcore into like some Shining Force 2 playing, like it might usurp one of those. Um, but yeah, I mean that third slot could
0: be—it's the third player. So it plugs their controller and start yeah, playing yeah, Secret yeah. Mana.
2: Um, I mean, Secret Man is. I actually made a top twenty-five. Did I? Did you see my top twenty-five?
0: I don't know if I did.
2: I don't know if I put it on Slack. I put it on Facebook. Um, I'll I'll, I'll look for it. Okay. Or you can send it to me? Oh, I mean, this was like a couple months ago. Okay, so you'd probably have to dig. Um, but if, if I can, if I still have the file, or buried if I can underneath find it, all those tasty um,
0: videos. Yeah. To share.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> food. food. So food videos. Food minutes oh man food minutes you know what i'm excited for on on uh, our food minute i guess part three what's that i'm excited for s'mores S'more like s'mores need to be a thing this winter gourmet s'mores not even gourmet just, just s'mores like, any like even like walmart like house brand shit s'mores i just need s'mores oh, in my boy, life shit, s'mores. <laughs> yeah let, let me uh well,
0: yeah maybe not actual shit s'mores uh how about how about s'mores pop tarts What's your feeling on S'more's Pop Tarts? Um,
2: S'mores Pop Tarts are easily the best flavor of Pop
0: Tart okay. there is. Yeah, I can I can um I, I don't know if I agree, I don't, but I can I don't, respect that choice.
2: I don't need Pop Tarts anymore. Neither do I. Um I have them extremely, extremely rarely. My roommate like lives off Pop Tarts. Um But yeah, I just I can't do it.
0: Worst flavor of Pop Tart. I I already know what mine is. Oh that's that's difficult. Um, I don't know that I know. It's brown sugar cinnamon.
2: Oh, uh, you are a uh, no. That is wrong. It's That's so incorrect. Bad. It's brown so brown sugar bland. cinnamon is. Uh, well, you're not. Well, no, but you you what don't the, drink
0: coffee though. No. Okay. Oh, I I can I, I can I can visualize that uh, taste profile. Okay. So so you dunk it? Ev- no, I don't dunk it.
2: <laughs>
0: what are but you living for, man?
2: Every. Every day at work, uh, unless I wake up and feel inclined to make eggs. Um, Which sounds pretty often. It's it's actually less often than, than you'd think. I haven't, I think I've had eggs once this week, uh, but I'm probably going to go home and have, have some eggs because I have pumpkin spice bagels. So, you know, fuck it. Um,
0: <laughs> Man. <laughs>
2: I mean I've got I've got okay look,
0: look you're a culinary I, war criminal I've got
2: I've got I've got brown sugar ham ready to be pan fried I'm I'm ready to
0: go <laughs> I'm right I've rock. got
2: double cheddar like so um okay you, oh, go ahead uh, so so when I get to work I have uh there's a a brown sugar cinnamon no it's maple brown sugar a little bit different okay um little like oatmeal bar thing and a mug of coffee and like that flavor combination is like the best thing in the morning for me that's like standard
0: uh going back to our previous discussion on a previous podcast about egg cups
2: oh okay i was yeah.
0: uh talking about uh, talking to ennis uh, is that his name ennis yeah he was uh <laughs> got started on a new tangents no longer about egg cups not understanding why Uh, Americans Don't Use Egg Cups. It's now about Hamburger Helper and what the the fuck Hamburger Helper is. Oh, When did that start? That was uh, a week, a week and a half ago. Oh, crap. Okay, so. so he was like, I don't understand why you need Hamburger Helper. Like, hamburger does not need to be helped. Why are you putting pasta into the Hamburger Helper? And my response was, well, I just take the Hamburger Helper I just cook the pasta and then I mold it into egg cups. Because I'm just missing Did, all in, these. did Dennis respond? Yeah, he, they were like, "It's good." Because it was him and another <laughs> colleague of his. That's um, great. And they're like, "All right, <laughs> no. American meta." Yeah. Um,
2: I I haven't had hamburger hamburger helper. Um, I couldn't even tell you. I've never had. Ham- it's just pasta, right? Yeah, but you. So you you brown beef, brown hamburger. Yeah, and you, and you cook it in with it, and then you add all the hamburger helper box oh. shit. And but is there like a flavor packet? Is there like oh that's that's why there's so otherwise you just have the one hamburger helper. (laughs) That would just be literally a box of pasta. Look,
0: dude, I know nothing about hamburger helper. That's
2: fine, that's fine. Um but but yeah, I mean you have beef stroganoff, you have like uh like the cheesy Italian, like there That's me.
0: I'm the I'm the cheesy
2: Italian so Beef Stroganoff is the punchline for one of my favorite hilarious bad jokes ever.
0: All right. What?
2: It's always good setting
0: up a joke by saying the punchline. Well,
2: but I've already said it. Okay. What do you call a field of masturbating cows? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's pretty awesome and terrible and dumb. It's, no, it's just terrible. Yeah, that's fair. And, and dumb. But I, I'll but accept I, dumb.
0: But I still love it. Um. All right, we need to get back to this Nintendo. Drive. <laughs> well, what have we not even covered? There's a lot. All right, we're just gonna go quickly. Um uh new Kirby game. I like multiplayer I like the
2: idea of multiplayer Kirby. I think that's really cool. Is
0: that what it is? Yeah, it's a four player
2: like run around and do oh, shit. Oh yeah,
0: you're right, you're right, you're right. But you can like befriend your enemies. Yeah. So if you're playing single player, it's you I just have so. like a, a troop. Some updates to Splatoon two and arms. Um one of the maps from Splatoon One is coming to 2. uh new fighter in arms. Oh yeah, some Fire Emblem Warrior stuff, which I don't really care. Sure, I mean th- Lynn. is oh, yeah, being true. added. People are excited. Arcade Archives. So money grab. Sh- yeah, and also like why money do, grab. we don't need another like brand name for your virtual console spinoff? Just be like, hey, we're putting Mario Brothers on. Yeah, eShop. Or like, also,
2: instead of that. Don't do that, and just give us Virtual
0: Console. <laughs> or just, just put them on the store. Yeah, like, just just however. put them on the.
2: Yeah, they don't have to be There's rebranded no yeah. as. Yeah, I I don't know.
0: I will. I mean, I'll I'll play versus Super Mario Brothers or versus Balloon Fight, even though I, I, have, might, I'm, I have I might those I might here and there on my NES Classic. They had that that arcade cabinet at Super Smash Con, mm. and I wanted to try it, but it was busted. I hate when that, that happens sucks. when you go to a con and they have arcade cabinets that, that don't work and then they just sputter out. Uh Snipper Clips Plus. Looks kind of cool. Yeah. Wendy likes Snipper Clips, so I might buy this. It's DLC. You can either buy it standalone uh, if you don't own the original one for thirty bucks, or you can buy it as DLC for ten bucks for if you already own. Regardless. I feel like that's that's so, legitimate. Yeah. yeah. More more levels. Skyrim. Uh Master Sword, Master Shield. Hero's Tunic,
2: or whatever it's called. Yeah, Pretty cool. Yeah. Good additions. Yeah, I'm sure the modders already have them. Just have a full, just a Link outfit. Yeah. I'm sure some Skyrim modder somewhere is working on every outfit from Breath of the
0: Wild for Skyrim right now. All those? the The ancient armor? Ancient armor, ancient arrows, the whole works. My buddy finished, he beat Breath of the Wild, and he said he beat it. In the ancient armor, so the final cutscene is just Link in the s- stupid ancient armor helmet that's like big insect eyes or whatever over his face. Yeah. And all this nonsense. Did you see the, um,
2: the new Amiibos are going to give Link armor from the legendary beasts? Yes. Yes. Those look pretty cool. It's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I
2: still haven't touched Zelda since like two weeks after I bought it, but. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I need to get back to it. Um at this point I'll probably just start over and try and learn the systems again. I don't know how to play that game. I don't want to buy it for Switch. Oh yeah, that's right. You got the lesser model. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I don't want to <laughs> have to start over with my stamina. Oh health. yeah. That would just kill me. Uh, yeah. Having to do that over again. Um Dragon Quest Builders?
2: I that goes on the list of games I'm not allowed to play. Why? Because I will not do anything but play that <laughs> game. I'll never build another game in my life. It's like I will just only play fucking Dragon Quest Builders.
0: Let me tell you, it's Dragon Quest plus Minecraft.
2: Minecraft. Yeah, Minecraft is on the list of games I'm never allowed to play, and I'm glad it was because now I don't have to uh,
0: support Notch and his bullshit. Well, Notch is an associate; like he's not making any money off of. No, I know Minecraft anymore. Yeah, like he's already he's already cashed out.
2: But if it hadn't gone on my list of things. That you I, would have, supported to play. I him.
0: would have supported him at some point. It's funny when the PewDiePie stuff came out, Patrick Klepek wrote an article for Waypoint and then he commented on it when he shared it on Twitter. He says, I wonder what Notch will have to say about this. And it was like, I wonder what Hot Take Hill will have to say.
2: Yeah. And Notch was like, yeah. And,
0: yeah. Notch was like, no, I don't support PewDiePie's stupid shit or whatever. No, they weren't specifically talking about PewDiePie. They were yeah. talking about like um, the practice of what you say is who you are. Right. Um. Right. And not just like no, I super think what you say reflects on who you are. I'm like cool. So when you called Zoe Quinn a cunt, I guess that super reflects on who you are. Yeah. Um. Did you see? Um. Did you
2: see when Zoe changed her name to Antifa <laughs> Lockhart? Uh, yes. Uh yeah. That is maybe the best Twitter name I've ever
0: seen in my is life. that
2: a, also a Harry Potter reference. Tifa Lockhart is one of the main characters from Final Fantasy VII.
0: Oh okay. I was just thinking Lockhart from
2: Gildorah Lockhart. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh no, I liked it when what was it New York Times wrote that article about her and they said watch out because her name contains an obscenity because that was her name was name changing cunt. Mm-hmm. And then she changed it to an obscenity. <laughs> so people would go <laughs> look on her profile and just say obscenity. I
2: I I would never wish the bullshit that she has gone through on anybody. No. Uh, but I, I commend her for uh, rolling with it as best she can these days. There's and a- and, uh, and you know oh somebody call me a name I'll just change my Twitter name right. to that like she doesn't care. I mean, well she might care. She but- cares.
0: Um, but she makes sure it doesn't hurt people. But yeah, she makes sure to talk about it. She had she had this interesting thing a couple months ago about how like when all the GamerGate stuff was happening she was just being silent. And people took that as, oh, she's really strong and I should talk, I, and I should be better about handling any abuse I face. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm weak. And she was seeing that was happening. She's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this openly about how, like, better ways to, yeah, deal with abuse and, and to heal yourself after facing that kind of stuff. Sorry, Quinn's awesome. Moral of the story.
2: Um, I got into an internet argument about her and some some dude called me a white knight like ten times and then I just blocked him. <laughs> it's like get the fuck
0: out of here. The uh <laughs> what she there's a video going around of some troll at one of her book signings. Oh really? Just she was like reading an excerpt or she was taking questions or something and the guy was I didn't watch the video because it would have been too uncomfortable for me to watch, but apparently right. she shut him down hardcore. Yeah. So other games coming to the Switch. Uh, Chuck Tingle. No. Um, <laughs> L.A. Noir, I We talked about that uh, two episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, sports games. Lost Sphere. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> That's another RPG. It is. It's another Square Enix joint. So
2: Lost Sphere is the second game made by a small little subsidiary of Square Enix called Topio- Tokyo RPG Factory. Okay. They made I am Setsuna. Oh, okay. Lost Sphere, uh so far <laughs> in what we've seen of it uses a lot of the same models. Uh barrels and like uh environmental o- objects are sometimes the same uh between uh I am Setsuna and Lost Sphere. It has Lost Sphere has a similar sort of depressed tone, like what if, you know, what if things that you loved disappeared? Uh, and yeah I don't really know much about the game uh probably not a day one buy but I probably check it out it all depends if they do what Octopath Traveler did and like hey here's a free demo and I actually like get to get my hands on it uh that could change but I'm glad that Tokyo RPG Factory has been given another chance because I am Setsuna was kind of a
0: flop yeah I was I was going to ask what you what you um, thought of I, it or I what enjoyed the- it
2: I have similar thoughts to I'm Satsuna that I do Star Wars Episode Seven. Um, okay. Too much, too structured after the original. I'm Satsuna is basically a Chrono Trigger clone. Same battle system, same party setup, uh, and eventually, like some of the big plot twist things that happen are like literally the exact same thing that happened in Chrono Trigger, and I'm just like, you you couldn't just do anything new. Um, but I mean, all in all, it was a fun game. I love the soundtrack. Soundtrack's entirely solo piano. Oh, cool. Which fits that, uh, snowy world really well. Um, but I also think that it's a really interesting case study on piano as kind of an all-encompassing instrument. Um, there are a few tracks like battle themes, boss themes, uh, and the main theme. No, the main theme I think is just solo piano, but like battle themes and boss themes have some other uh digitally added instruments, like drums and uh bass and and I think maybe some strings and stuff like that. Um but in general as you traverse that snowy world, it is just piano. And I like that. But the the composition of that piano is phenomenal. Um so yeah, big big ups for that. Um, visually, I like it. I love the style. It looks like watercolor paintings the whole way through. Um, the story's decent. My The most interesting bit of the story for me was kind of like a little side story thing that happens with one of the characters. Um, but each character is kind of fleshed out pretty well on their own. Um, another interesting thing about the system design of that game is that what your enemies drop after battle depends on what elements you have killed that enemy with. I didn't know for quite a while.
0: It's kind of like the choo-choo jelly in Breath of the Wild.
2: Yeah. But so, but you need what they drop to sell to the magisterium guy to unlock new skills. So there were skills from the beginning of the game that I hadn't unlocked because I never knew that I needed to kill beginning of the game enemies with certain slash other elements than what I was using. Got it. Uh, and then, uh, after you get, uh, a certain couple of characters, they have combo attacks. Um, there's a combo attack called astral bloom that hits an enemy with every element type. And so that just becomes like your instant farmer is because you can, you can run around in an area and astral bloom everything. And it's a powerful skill. So it's going to kill everything. Um, But you can Astral astral Bloom pretty much everything you come in contact with, and then rake in this huge amount of loot, because Astral Bloom has triggered every loot
0: drop from every type of uh, element. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So. That, that, um, what you were talking about before, about like missing something at the very beginning of the game, and not like having those skills. Yeah. I I mean, I I could, once I realized I can get them later,
2: but like it. There there were times in the beginning of the game that I struggled where I
0: wouldn't have yeah. had I had those abilities. There's a uh that happens in the second Golden Sun game, mm-hmm. where at the very beginning, the first town you go to, there's a temple to the south of it. Lost Age or the yes, DS Lost one. Age. Okay. Uh and it's kinda hard to find because like if the town's in one place, you have to kinda like go around a mountain range. Mm-hmm. So you have to go like west and then south uh, for a while to find this temple. But the temple has a, a psi energy in it that you use out of combat. Yeah. And I forget what it's called. It's called like grapple or or, or something. But basically mm-hmm. what it does is whenever you find like a rope wrapped around an anchor in the ground, mm-hmm. this thing summons the ghostly hand and the, picks it up. this synergy thing. Yeah. And, yeah. It picks up the rope and then runs it across to the other anchor and ties it and so you can walk across it. Right. And you don't technically need that. It's not a required thing until like a little over halfway through the game. Ugh. Like before you get your fourth party member. Uh, so I guess maybe maybe that's less than halfway through the game. But before you get Pierce mm-hmm. uh, and he's trying to get his like gem back that helps him steer his ship, mm-hmm. there's a part where you have to, you are required to use it to get across this ledge. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I had to go look it up. It was like, yeah, you're supposed to get this like 20 hours ago, and I was like, what? Yeah. So that that's that's poor game design. I think so too. Yeah.
2: It goes out of the way. And I mean, if to me, all they would have had to do is just require that way earlier in the yep. game. Yeah. And then just be just like, introduce, even if it's required to get like some random one-off chest. But oh, intru- well, they do do that. They do do that.
0: But I just okay. ignored them.
2: Then 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 yeah, I mean if it's if it's gonna be a major uh plot flow thing later in the game, when when that synergy becomes available, like either make getting that synergy part of a an ab an actual story quest you have to do, or um or introduce that mechanic earlier on so that you know what it is um when you're faced with it then. Or just have it so that when you run into it later in the game that's when you actually get it. Yeah. Not yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Not you get it way early and don't need it till yeah. way later on. Yeah. Though I do respect Camelot for doing making some of those design choices cuz you have like the mind reading one. Mm-hmm. And you could technically use that the entire game to just mind read people. And it's just flavor text, but yeah. you just you get to know what people are thinking. Right, exactly. But it's cool that they never led on to that. It's like okay, the the mind reading thing's required in this in one or two places, yeah. and then it's up to you to, to have the interest in exploring with it.
2: Well, and I, I, I like the idea as much as it inflates scope. Uh, I love the idea of introducing little things like that that outside of one or two instances are essentially there for flavor. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's really cool to do if you have the scope budget to pull off the added writing the added design whatever yeah yeah all right
0: for real now we're sticking to this list okay last or this is gonna be it um all right so lost sphere uh which is you're excited to see after i am satsuna or or at least to see if they i'm, I'm very they interested to see changes. what they do with it yeah yeah Sonic forces which is that new modern sonic game mm-hmm. uh where you make your own original character it's gonna be interesting. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations one and two, which um, kind of wish Dan was here to, to hear about that because he was a big, he's a big Resident Evil fan, but yeah. he also really liked Revelations. Um, this Flip Wars game, which I completely tuned out, it was it. It reminded me of like Bomberman
2: plus some sort of game where you have to take over people's territory. Okay, so maybe um, like it looked like Advance it, it looks like it could be fun.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's a, that always bodes well.
2: Yeah, but like. For those kinds of games, to me, like, you really don't know until you get your hands on it. Right. Uh, more of that Morphe's Law stuff,
0: which for some reason I thought looked a little better than when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I haven't been keeping up with that. It's an interesting idea. Oh, and then the, the page died in Chrome on Ooh. my phone, and then Chrome
1: <laughs> crashed uh, itself. Yeah. All right. So that
0: was weird. So thanks, Nintendo Everything, for whatever cookies or shit you're putting on this page. Uh, amiibos. You're we talking about the Legend of Zelda Champion stuff. You get unique armor for the game. Um, for a Nintendo 3DS, there's some Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still haven't played regular I, Sun and Moon. Yeah, I'm out of the Pokemon world. <laughs> I'm out of the Pokemon game, man. Yeah, I Hung my trainer's hat up long ago. I retired my badges. Uh, they're bringing that white and orange creamsicle looking New 2DS XL, which I I think looks pretty. I like that one more than the the Pokeball one, or no, the Aqua Blue. Oh yeah, black one. Um, I like the Pokeball one.
2: I like the Pokeball one a lot. Yeah. Uh, I also like that
0: Mario Red Switch.
2: I don't. I don't know. So I have I have a 2DS, not an XL. Okay, just the regular wedge. The wedge, wedge. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Uh, aside from the fact that the screens are tiny. But
0: well, if you want extra large screens, let yeah, me tell I you. Mean, so,
2: so, they introduced this 2DS XL, which I absolutely would have gotten had I not gotten uh, a 2DS for like $60 on eBay. Um, but moral of the story, I haven't touched any of my handheld, hand-held gaming systems in probably like two and a half years, so like I should just never buy any of them because
0: I'm not going to play them. Well, I came back from Super Smash Con. I started playing some more Smash Brothers on my 3DS, but mm. that's about it. I need to finish Luigi's Mansion for it. But.
2: The the only game that I've played in the past, so I think not this past year but the year before, uh, my sister remembered, for, for Christmas, my sister remembered that I had lost my copy of A2, so she bought me one. Ooh. And I put like 50 or 60 hours in
0: uh, and then didn't touch it after that <laughs> i mean hell man fifty, sixty hours is more than most people get out of most games oh yeah like so, way more yeah.
2: but but that's like a quarter of that game yeah so <laughs>
0: yeah uh, um this is something that's really exciting mario party the top 100 uh so they're collecting 100 of the top mini games from every mario party into one game whoa but it's only for 3ds that's dumb why would they do that? I would
2: totally they buy that. A, they have a like perfectly four-player system already made. That's also and portable. That's yeah. Like what? What are they doing? Maybe they're testing it on 3DS. And they I would hoard hope
0: so. I hope so. I don't know. They're just trying to extend the life cycle of uh, the 3DS. Yeah. Another Kirby game, Kirby Battle Royale. Uh, I don't know anything about this one. I don't either. I wasn't paying attention. Layton's Mysterious Journey. Um, new Professor Layton game. I liked the wait, no, that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is wait, what's the name of the game? Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy.
2: I vaguely remember seeing that bit. Uh, I played the first Professor Layton game, I liked it. I haven't played any of them since. I keep telling myself I'm gonna buy, uh, the um. Ace Attorney collection on 3DS. That's what I was going to say.
0: It's like I've never played any Professor Layton or Ace Attorney and I feel like, I don't know. Ace Attorney is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I know. It's I like, so I'm, good. I've wanted to try them out. It's just like, I've just never
2: bothered. The The collection is, I want to say one, two, and three for like 30, 25 or 30 bucks. That's not bad. Absolutely worth it. Where's Where's
0: my new Elite Beat agents? That's all I want.
2: Weren't they working on a
0: new one? I don't, I don't know. Oh, no, maybe not. I, I haven't heard anything about it. Uh something they are working on and remaking Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's minions right coming to 3DS I like the idea of the Bowser's minions uh
2: side story. side yeah side of the coin like yeah. that's that's pretty cool Mario and Luigi Superstar
0: Saga was a lot of fun I liked it back I remember in the day when I played it I remember getting it Christmas one year and then the next day we were taking the Amtrak up to New York City so I played it like all Christmas Eve, most of Christmas Day, most of the nice. ride up to New York City. Um, I don't like that they're using like the claymation style that they've been using in the new Mario & Luigi games. Yeah, I like the, the super thick stroke outlines yeah. and drawn style of the original Mario & Luigi. Oh, well. Yo-Kai Watch 2. Pokemon knockoff Boogaloo.
2: Electric Boogaloo.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah.
2: Agreed. Same.
0: Uh, Minecraft for 3ds. So if you still want to test <laughs> your, your ability to not play Minecraft, it's now on the 3ds. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I think is, is Minecraft on more platforms than doom at this point? I feel like <laughs> probably <laughs> that's where we're going to get, but when we'll we get Minecraft on ATM. On, it depends on what you
2: consider a platform. Well, I certainly when the new when the new MacBook, Yeah. Pro came out
0: and they did the Touch Bar. Yeah, it was like an inch tall. It was like what was the resolution? It was like eighteen hundred by twenty four or something, <laughs> something stupid. Which technically that means it's it's running on Watch OS because that's what that is. Yeah, it's a skew of Watch OS, so maybe they can also get it on.
2: You play your, Doom
0: your, on your your Apple Watch. Your Apple Watch. Yeah. Uh. All right, I'm afraid to read these next ones because they're all JRPGs. <laughs> Let's I'm afraid... do it. All right, I'm just gonna list them all. Okay. All right, and then we'll talk. Um, The Alliance Live, just like Atlas Game. Uh, Radiant Historia. Okay. Perfect chronology. Etrian Odyssey Five. Okay. Beyond the Myth, and then Shin Megami Tensei: Strange Journey Redo. Okay. So, uh, I
2: missed the bit about the new Atlas game. Actually, I need to go back and watch that. So, I don't have anything to say about that. Um, Radiant Historia, I put probably eight hours into. Couldn't get into it. Didn't like it at all. All right. Uh, This is proof, Tyler, if you're listening, (laughs) that I don't blindly love all JRPGs. (laughs) I don't know.
0: You got a pretty good batting average right now.
2: Oh, I have a huge batting average. But, like, like, that's my core genre, though. Um, but yeah, could not get into it. Um, I know it was a fan favorite for a lot of people, which is why it's getting a redo. Um, Etrian Odyssey can't get into first person anything, even if they're, so the, the, the thing that I find hilarious about Etrian Odyssey is that they spend probably so much time and money into the amazing art for their character design. You never see the characters in game. It is a first-person game with a first-person with with a, a, a quote-unquote front-style battle system where you don't have units on screen.
0: Oh, so it's just it's like so it's like you, Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest, where they're looking at you. You Never
2: see your characters,
0: okay. and, you the, car- at the, and the character
2: art is easily the best part of those games.
0: Interesting, that's funny. <laughs> so I was
2: like, "Wow, that's dumb." Um, and then what was the last one?
0: Was uh, Shimagami Tensei: Strange Journey Redo.
2: Um, I played a little bit of Strange Journey. It, again, it's a uh, um first person dungeon crawler. Okay. My brother recommended it to me on DS. I
0: played a like, little bit of it. Like Legends of Grimrock, like that kind of thing?
2: Um, like I mean like Doom, basically. Okay. Just with random battles instead of shooting people. Got it. Um I liked it kind of. I'm not a big like Persona, Shin Megami Tensei person. Um so I haven't played most of those games. But I did like Strange Journey. I did like what it was trying to do. Um, I'm interested to see what they do
0: with the redo. What they do with that redo? Do with the redo. Do with the redo. Never and, stop. Never stopping. And then uh, a new Ace Attorney game and Fire Emblem Warriors. It's Apollo Justice and then Fire Emblem Warriors. Yeah, Apollo Justice. I mean,
2: all Ace Attorney games are amazing. So I want to try them out. You absolutely should. And
0: there, you said there's a collection on 3DS? Yeah. Or the first thing? Cool.
2: All right, I I need to buy it. You need to buy it. We're gonna buy it. We all need to buy it. Everyone, everyone, buy it. Listening on that topic, real quick. Oh God! So I, I wanted to get through the Nintendo thing. Um, So there was a game that was kickstarted a handful of years ago, uh, called Heartforth Alicia. Heart, heart Heartforth, comma. Okay. It's spelled Alicia. Uh, It's made by. Uh, a really cool dude named Alonzo Martin. I think he pronounces it Alicia. But um it is a Metroidvania side scroller platformer. All right. Um about a like trainee mage girl whose whole life gets super fucked up, basically. Okay. Um and I decided in limited funds when it was kickstarted that I wasn't gonna back it. I, I was excited about it. It looked really cool. Didn't really have the money to put in. Um and then I found out how did I find this out? Eventually I found out that they had uh uh oh oh uh Alonso does uh art streams every Tuesday. Eventually I found out that, you know, Twitch art streams were a thing. And so I went in there um uh, and I also went into the art stream for um, Time Spinner, which was another Metroid, it's basically a Castlevania game. Um, Is it like
0: I, a Metroidvania week on Kickstarter? Is this becoming a thing? Metrovania Metroidvania uh, Kickstarter
2: era was like 2013, 2014. That's or before a Bloodstained. A ton of them. Then Bloodstain oh, yeah.
0: came out, and they're like, "All right, we're done." Yeah, basically. Um, close this book.
2: But so, time, uh, Time Spinner, I did kickstart. Heartforth Alicia, I didn't. But I always end up in the Heartforth Alicia art streams, not the Time Spinner streams, partially because the Heartforth Alicia stream starts first and then Time Spinner stream is on the same day in an overlap time. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I started going in the streams and hanging out with Alonzo and all the other people in there, and they're all just super awesome people. Um, But it's been like over a year that I've just been like hanging out on the art streams and stuff, and I found out they have a Discord. So I went to the Discord and I, you know, uh, I actually reached out to Alonzo when I was at GDC and we met up and I got to meet him. So that was super cool. Um, but as of yesterday, uh, Alonzo put out an all backer demo for HFA. And, uh, I was like, shit, I didn't back it. And then like the next line on the update was like, if you want to become a backer, go to my website. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Slacker backer, baby. So, so I, I went on the website put in the money. I was like, "Do I get the soundtrack?" I don't know. And then I watched the trailer that he'd put out to like unveil that they were doing a demo and the music was re pretty good. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll put in the 10 bucks for the for the soundtrack." So glad I did. That music is it reminds me more of old school Disney and Star Wars than anything. Like it's fucking good. That's cool. Um but I played probably an hour of just like running around trying not to die. Uh, I got to the the boss in the demo. Um, none of my controllers are working with my USB ports right now for whatever reason. Um, so I can't, I can't beat the boss on keyboard. I could probably be the boss on controller, but like on keyboard, it's just not going to happen. Um, but if you like metrovania's, you should go check this game out and buy it and play the demo. And I'm super excited. It's supposed to come out sometime next year. Um, it's super gorgeous like everything's really really vivid um, Alonzo s- will spend like an entire stream doing animation frames a lock of hair for like well I mean, for, yeah for like like an NPC falling over or something um, like all the anim- like it it's super polished it's really juicy the visual effects are amazing the music is amazing like it's a great game cool. Yeah, I'm super I'm I'm really pleased that I finally got my hands on it. Yeah, you really have your pulse on like
0: the both the kickstarters.
2: Oh, I used to. After the golden age, I was just like fuck it. And then I was like, maybe I'll kickstart. And then I was like, nope, fuck this.
0: I mean, but I mean, I'm I see you <laughs> kickstarting more games than I mean, I've never kickstarted anything, so.
2: Oh, yeah, I've kickstarted 20 or something. Um I mean to me like throwing in 20 or 30 bucks to a team that's trying, you know, to set out and make a dream come true, or or start the path on being, you know, a full fledged developer. Like, what's twenty or thirty dollars of my money to help them, you know, do something they're trying to do? Right. So, and and you know, I'm gonna get a game out of it, and 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 some contacts in the industry. Like, you know, backers can almost always reach out and just chat with uh, developers as long as you're not being a cock about it. Um, (laughs) Justin's rule don't be a cock yeah general rules for life just don't be an asshole like it's not it's not that
0: hard unfortunately PewDiePie doesn't
2: well but he likes being an asshole and people like that he's an asshole so he just keeps being an asshole yeah well on that note on that note
0: PewDiePie's an asshole
2: and that concludes the asshole minute the asshole three hours
0: yes (laughs) Justin thank you for stopping by
2: yeah thank you for having me
0: where can people find you
2: uh, you can find me at uh, at <laughs> at sign at sign uh, jmitchell1628 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can also find me at at sign <laughs> uh, cw or loreweaver.io for the company website. Um, there's also com to keep up with what the game is doing and what we are doing to and
0: and and for the game cool and if you like this podcast you can find them all at word hyphen games.com forward slash podcast or at at sign Ward video games on twitter or on google play or the itunes store just search Wardcast. and if you like this podcast give us a review justin (laughs) <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> well, shit you <laughs> froze for a second <gasps> um i think you have a nice day yeah thanks justin yeah thanks